I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. I want to rock! Ernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. To the city, there's a whistle up above, and people pushing, people shouting. They try to look pretty. What do you mean they don't? They don't look pretty. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. On 77 WABC, check us out on the 77 WABC app. You won't regret it, folks. One hell of a day of programming. You'll stay entertained. You'll stay informed, and uh, you'll probably laugh a lot. Is what happened. Here at 77 WABC, because we like to think we have senses of humor. And, uh, you know, we need a sense of humor in these days. I mean, uh, with all this horrific, horrible news out there, just uh, traversing the globe in like nanoseconds and then uh, trying to withdraw the news as soon as proven, as soon as it's proven false or not trying to uh, withdraw the reports because, well, People are dishonest, ladies and gentlemen, and, uh, well, I think you know who I'm talking about. Well, one of the uh, more, less significant but more tragic events over the weekend, of course, was that uh, we talked about it, Sydney. How, how are you, Sid? I'm great. How are you on this Monday morning? I'm great. How are you on this Monday morning? I could be a lot worse. The, uh, the traffic didn't, uh, you, you know, no accidents, no stoppages, no out on the, uh, you know, Gowanus Expressway at 4 o'clock in the morning? <laughs> no, not today. Thank God. Uh, Freddie, who did suffer a gash over his forehead after a fall outside of Healy's Bar on Friday night. He uh, he was there early. We had a safe trip in. He's got two Rosenberg trips this morning because my beautiful daughter, Ava, she's heading to Mexico. And so it's going back into Rockaway to pick her up, take her to the airport. So it's a very busy Rosenberg morning for uh, the great Freddie. And uh, but oh, everything is fine. Everything is great. Thank you. Well, you know, I have to ask the question: Why is uh, Ava going to Mexico? She's going on vacation. Actually, her friend, her uh, boyfriend slash friend, and his family from England, Toby and his parents. You know, she's still very close with his parents. And uh, this was set up uh, weeks and weeks ago. She's going to college, by the way, in about three or four weeks. So two weeks in Mexico. And then she comes home for about two weeks. And then we jet set to England to take her to college. So the next couple of weeks, uh, very tough, tough at home, very emotional with Ava about to say goodbye for a couple of years. Wow. Yeah, that is uh, that is emotional. And uh, 
Going to Mexico also is kind of emotional, but uh, I'm sure her boyfriend uh, and their family, his family, they have, uh, you know, they've scoped out the joint and uh, it's pretty safe and that there will be no problems, no problems whatsoever with the cartels or, you know, people getting shot up. I mean, Mexico, the perception is that Mexico is a completely and totally lawless state. But, uh, again, there are parts of Mexico that are, uh, that are shut off and uh, they, they don't, they're not subjected to these types of things. Yeah, and that's, and where, that, that's where they're going. Uh, you know, this is uh, the, the very, I've told you about this before, very affluent, very influential. In fact, they actually make all the armored vehicles, uh, Ava's boyfriend's family. they got a huge warehouse in South Carolina and England, and they make all the armored vehicles for all of the dignitaries and, and folks around the world that have to travel to Germany, to England, to, to uh, France, you name it. And uh, they got a lot of guns. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll be fine. They're, they're oh, going good, to a place good, like you're talking about, which is not not inhabited by cartel members and those types of folks, a very fancy place. So they'll be fine. And uh, like I said, two weeks there, and then it's time to get serious and go to college. Yeah, yeah, and that is where the emotional part comes in. Well, good luck with all that, Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. Thank you. Uh, the tragic news that I was about to allude to here was uh, is the death of Anne Haish. We talked about it last week. You said it is a big deal, a serious deal, and uh, the poor thing, she passed away, for God's sakes. Thank God she didn't take anybody with her on the way out. But uh, the fact remains, she died from her burns. And uh, it wasn't until uh, she was taken off life support. Uh, well, she was taken off life support after an organ donor match was found, essentially, is when she was taken off. So, uh, so people will benefit from her passing. That's the good news. The bad news is the poor thing for all her troubles is, uh, well, she's she's gone. So that, that's, a, that's a terrible thing. Well, I mean, I, I guess. I'm, I'm sad because. I mean, I you're, you're more sad than I am. It didn't really. I mean, the, 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 the worst part of this whole story is her mother. I read this in the Post on Saturday. Her mother had like five children, and four of them are dead. And usually the parent uh, doesn't outlive the child. And like 80% of Anne Heche's mother's kids are dead, and she's alive. I think Anne, again, becomes the fourth one to die. But, um, you know, look, she, she had a, a, a wild wow. and troubled life. She never really got over the, uh, the whole Ellen DeGeneres breakup. She never really did and, and loved Ellen DeGeneres, I think, to the day that she died. But, um, you know, look, it, w- it was a tragic event, but it was fueled by alcohol and cocaine. And I know it could have been me. I was arrested for DUIs and all that stuff. So I'm not on my high horse. I'm not killing her. But the truth is, is that this uh, this didn't happen by accident. She caused it. And she's lucky she didn't kill somebody oh, else. True. So we move on. I, 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 guess, I guess I was unaware of uh, how, how damaged she was, how, how, how close to death she was last week based on because they were talking charges, this, that, the other. I didn't realize, again, how, uh, well, yeah, how, you know, how, how hurt she was in, in this fire. And you actually see her in the videotape. She's sitting up when they, you know. When the uh, EMS comes to get her, she's sitting up. She seems to be uh, speaking. Anyway, the next thing you know is, is she's found it dead. So rest in peace, Anne Heche. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of news out there. Of course, we're getting to the Trump stuff momentarily. But a lot of great, really good news, uh, you know, to the effect uh, it, 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 it regards sports. And you will have the happy details later on. But the uh, New York Mets continue with this uh, streak, this unbelievable winning streak. And, and the Yankees lost last night. <laughs> but the, uh, you have yeah. the Mets, 
right? Yeah, no, the Yanks, another bad weekend. They lost two out of three to the Red Sox, and they've just been really miserable dating back to about two weeks before the All-Star break. But to your point, Bernie, the Mets, they just don't lose. I mean, Scherzer pitched well on Friday. They did lose that game, but the Grom lights out on Saturday. Chris Bassett is shut out on Sunday. The Mets are now 35 games over 500. Only the Los Angeles Dodgers in all of baseball have a better record than the Mets. The Mets now better record than the Yankees, the Astros, uh, all those clubs. And the Braves, obviously, they got a five-and-a-half game lead, and they are just uh, winning every night. And again, it goes back to pitching. I made this point last week. They are five deep. Carrasco will pitch tonight for the Mets, but from Scherzer to DeGrom to Bassett to Walker to Carrasco, and now the Mets start a huge, this is huge, four-game set in Atlanta against the second-place Braves later on tonight. Five-and-a-half game lead, so it would bode well for the Mets to win a couple of these games and basically put the Braves away a four-game set in Atlanta against the Braves with Carrasco on the mound tonight. If you're a Met fan, the next four days must watch baseball. No doubt about it. I'll be watching. I can tell you that. Listen, speaking of watching, I know you were at the Liberty game last night at Madison Square yes, Garden, I was. New York yes, Liberty yes. women's basketball. Yes, they actually clinched the spot, a playoff spot. And so tell, tell me what the atmosphere was like there at Madison Square Garden when they won and clinched this playoff spot. How happy, how ecstatic, how over the moon was Sid Rosenberg? I was uh, gay, actually. <laughs> Yo, that's funny right there. That is funny. Oh, come uh, on. Yes, uh, I know, right? But uh, nevertheless, that, that was out there. You know, I'm trying to I'm looking for uh, sports reports on the Mets and uh, I'm subjected to that. But whatever, I guess. Do a lot of people like do people watch uh, the WNBA? Nobody watches. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a minimal amount of people, such a minimal amount. But the, the other big story thinking about the Liberty besides the Mets, of course, and Joe Nolan, I know, was listening right now, was the injury. To uh, Jets quarterback, uh, the Wilson kid, Zach, oh, Zach Wilson, Wilson, hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one even touched him against the Eagles on Friday night. Now, initially, they thought maybe a torn ACL done for the year. I was at college with a bunch of Jet fans, my neighbor Billy and Louie across the street, and they were like, oh, my God, come on, first preseason game he's done. As it turns out, he'll only miss two to four weeks. But what that means is week one against the Baltimore Ravens, look for Joe Flacco to be the starting quarterback for the Jets <laughs> and not yep. Zach Wilson. So, again, the nightmare history of the Jets, dating back to Joe Namath, the 1969, continues with an injury to the second-year quarterback in the very first preseason game. And I would guess that they're underplaying the injury right now. I would, that would be my speculation. Yep, could be. But, but what do I know? Also, uh, before we move on again, uh, out in your hood, this was a story that just uh, just tore away at my heart. It was uh, this yellow cab driver, yellow cab driver, not some uh, you know some fake uh, you know livery uh, gypsy cab. This guy was legit. I mean, yellow. He had the hack license. He had everything. He was he was beaten to a pulp, and he died. In, uh, guess where? Far Rockaway. I mean, it was just yep. awful. Yep. Yep. Five black kids beat him to death, and he's black himself. And it was, he, you know, they show pictures of his wife and of his, uh, of his daughters. He had four daughters. And by all accounts, just a beautiful guy. And so that was awfully sad that, uh, you know, just really, you had the Fernando Mateo. You had the, this guy, Spiros Dracos. From Big Apple Taxi, they're putting up a $15,000 reward for information. So uh, please, if you have any information, of course, uh, pass it along to the authorities, this yellow cab. This is sick. they got to catch these these little animals who don't care a, a whit for life. Once they, they, A callous disregard for life. 
Uh, you have that now tomorrow, back to politics, you have Alaska and Wyoming. You have the primaries. And why is that significant? Well, Wyoming is where Liz Cheney is from, and she is going to get schlonged. She is uh, she's about to get whooped like you can't believe. She's going to be spinning around dizzy, her stupid dad's commercials, not doing squat for her. Uh, so uh, I look forward to those reports tomorrow night when they're coming in of how Liz Cheney just was, uh, you know, just, uh, un- just unequivocally rejected in the state of Wyoming because of her, her duplicitous, her, uh, her du- double standard. I mean, not double standard, her, her just her, her deviousness regarding the whole January 6th thing because of Trump's vendetta, not vendetta for his dad, for her dad, but uh, the vendetta that her dad had for him because he killed the Cheneys on the Iraq war, brutally did. And uh, anyway, you have that to look forward to tomorrow night. And uh, let's see. So now we go to uh, the, uh, the the FBI raid itself. I mean, this is, is reverberating still big time. I mean, this is we're in the second week now. And it's just a uh, I mean, uh, by the way, the, the Bidens and with Hunter, they jetted off for a vacation in South Carolina at a South Carolina resort. I mean, why? Why was South Carolina? Bill O'Reilly pointed it out last week. Uh, South Carolina is like, first of all, I spent a couple of months on South Carolina in a place called Paris Island. And it was in the summer. It was close to the summertime. It was actually early fall. And it was brutally hot, brutally yeah. humid. Not a place you want to go for vacation. Well, it depends. They have two gorgeous spots there. I'm sorry. Any time of the year, Myrtle Beach and Hilton Head are some of the nicest resorts in the whole country. I've been to Hawaii over the summer, too. So if they went to one of those, South Carolina makes sense. I don't know where the hell they went, but those two places are gorgeous. But I asked you last week if it was, you know, just convenient or, you know, just by accident they happened to go on vacation the day after the Trump raid and stay away from questions. You said, no, it must have been planned for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, but... I'm not so sure. Yeah, no, I'm not either. It's one hell of a place to, uh, to uh, you know, disappear because nobody, uh, really, even those places you mentioned, Myrtle Beach, uh, Hilton Head, still, Hilton still subjected to this uh, it, it, unbelievable uh, these extremes, these hot and humid extremes. You don't go there. Well, oh, people, more- people, people go to Florida, honey, over the summer. It's more humid there than South Carolina. Yeah, but that doesn't make sense. It, it's not the place to me. It's a, the, the place. There's gorgeous places in South Carolina. It's the the fact they go the day after the Trump raid. That's what stinks to me. It doesn't seem like it's just coincidence. No, I agree. I agree. But anyway, that's where they are, and uh, of course, uh, you know the whole the whole thing could have been handled. The Trump raid, as we spoke about ad nauseum last week. The Trump raid could have been handled with subpoenas. We know that. Right. i got to ask you a question because on Friday, my Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg, people were blowing up. So Merrick Garland comes out on Thursday. He makes that uh, – he does that press conference. He says nothing. He doesn't clue us in on any reasons or anything. He just says, yes, I signed it, and uh, blah, blah, blah. So Friday, there's a bunch of libs on my Twitter, Bernie, doing victory laps. Oh, how does the crow taste, Sydney? And now I know it came out on Friday that they said that Trump had classified documents, which, by the way, he can declassify at the drop of a hat anytime he wants. Why were people on my Twitter taking a victory run on Friday as if they had Donald Trump doing something illegal? Well, because they're dishonest. That's what it is. They're completely and totally dishonest. And you're going to find out there was uh, one poll that actually showed that this 
this actually increased Donald Trump's uh, his lead over Ron DeSantis yep. by about 20 points. I mean, and, and, and other polls have shown the same thing, that Trump is benefiting from this, uh, this really disgusting uh, overkill of government, this banana republic uh, style, you know, uh, move that they pulled out there, down there in Mar-a-Lago. So, uh, yes, uh, you have that, and uh, it's real bad. Let's see. Uh, today, by the way, uh, is the day after the Dominican Day Parade. My Dominicanos, shout out to my Dominicanos. I did not make the parade, sorry, sorry to say, but uh, so that you have that. I just wanted to do mention because, uh, speaking of Fernando Mateo, I love me some Dominicanos, and uh, Jose Alba, he's a Dominicano, and a lot of them, a lot of Dominican pride here in New York City. Used to be uh, the Puerto Ricans were the majority, uh, minority uh, Latino community. It is now the Dominicans is what it is. But okay, back to uh, back to this whole. Uh, this whole raid thing. Here's, here's Bill Bennett. Remember him? He was yeah. the education secretary under under Ronald Reagan. I listen to what he said. He was on, on the Sunday morning shows. A lot of audio from the Sunday morning shows, which I'll get to. I don't know if that's a tease or, a, 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 you know, I'm exhorting you to leave the show. But anyway, this is what Bill, excuse me, Bill Bennett said yesterday. Cut number three, Louie. The larger picture, very quickly, is a crisis of legitimacy in this country. Uh, the liberals, the progressives, feel that Donald Trump is not a legitimate person, not a legitimate candidate, wasn't a legitimate president, uh, and his followers, not much, not much better. Uh, uh, conservatives, on the other hand, believe that by the actions of this government, it has delegitimized itself. Uh, the FBI is not what the FBI should be. Not at all. It is a uh, corrupt, we have to disband the FBI when we retake the House and the Senate, God, man, we have to retake the Senate. And, of course, you remember with the Donald Trump, despite the lock her up and put her in jail and all that stuff, he was very, very gentle. I, I believe I played the clip yesterday. I'm not sure if I – last week. I'm not sure if I did, but I had it. And he was uh, saying to Leslie Stahl last week that uh, – I mean, he said it during his administration. But the clip I had was that, that one where he said to Leslie Stahl, um, these are good people. He says, I'm not going to persecute these people. I'm not going to do that. So even though he talked a tough game, he had a pretty gentle heart. And along those lines, here is a congressman and former Green Beret, Mike Walsh, again, a Florida congressman, Mike Walsh, on just what I was talking about right now. This is cut number 14, Lou. Cut number 14. Go ahead. Some of the speculation that's coming out in terms of classified documents uh, there is just a ridiculous and, and irresponsible. I've served uh, in a previous White House before serving in Congress, and the notion that a president of the United States would have some type of nuclear warhead design uh, just sitting around in a box, or even you saw speculation on the Sunday shows today that it could have been the names of Russian sources or uh, images of spy satellites. Uh, you know, the president gets finished intelligence. He gets analysis. Uh, th this kind of uh, speculation is just shaping up to be Russia hoax uh, 2.0, where you're finding irresponsible media outlets with thinly, anonymously sourced uh, information just throwing this stuff out there. But what's so disturbing is it gets repeated all over the world uh, in foreign news media outlets as though it's fact. And people who are consuming that news pick it up and run with it, they swallow it, they, they, they digest it and repeat it. And uh, 
it really is very, very disturbing. And once again, I feel horrible for our boy Donald Trump, 45, feel terrible. Uh, now, the, uh, of course, the election is, is way, way off, 2024. But still, it's just that they've come up with something else now. Uh, and, and again, the whole thing I, I maintained last week, the whole thing was a pretext to get January 6th material to try to use it to get uh, Merrick Garland to charge Donald Trump with a crime so he can't run in 2024. That was the whole point of uh, the opinion, because they know they don't have anything regarding the National Archives, and they, they, don't, they don't have anything regarding the January 6th stuff. And so, therefore, it was like a, uh, well, it was a Hail Mary. Let's raid this joint, and let's see what we can come up with, hopefully something. We've got to come up with something, right? No, well, maybe not. Anyway, we'll get into more of that here on the Bernie and Sitcher. We'll speak to Rich Lowry, the brilliant Rich Lowry, who uh, he wrote a column about just this over the weekend, did Rich Lowry. I read it in, in Saturday's New York Post. Any special guests, Sydney, that we have this morning? Yes. Uh, actually, the Republican candidate for governor, I think we spoke a 100 times this weekend, Lee Zeldin. In fact, I don't want to give too much away, but I will be at a big uh, fundraiser for Lee, and uh, President Trump is going to be there. Uh, me and Danielle are coming. I'll give more details on that when it is. It's a huge, huge deal. It's a lot of money. And it's uh, Zeldin Trump and the Rosenbergs. Uh, no kidding. No, and he, no, I'm not kidding. And he actually wrote a, uh, a huge piece in today's New York Post about Kathy Hochul and congestion pricing, how she continues to kill New Yorkers. So we'll talk to Rich Lowry at 740 and uh, the great Lee Zeldin coming up at 905. If you keep it where it is, ladies and gentlemen, on the Bernie and Sage Show, we're coming right back. Sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It looks as though the House is going to be easy, taking back the Republican side about the House. Uh, Senate, different story. Oz in Philadelphia, Herschel down in Georgia. These may not be so easy. What does uh, Jim Jordan predict will happen in the Senate in 2022? Well, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to take it back. I mean, you're right, it, it may be a little tougher, and I don't want to take anything for granted. I learned a long time ago in, in sports that you you know, never want to be overconfident. You want to well, especially, especially with Bernie, Bernie Kosar and the fumble at the one-yard line. You know that in your state better than anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, uh, very true. But uh, I, was, I was going to get into the Cincinnati Reds and some of the right. things you've had over the past. <laughs> and, you know, the, the big red machine, you had to bring up the Browns, of course. The, uh, but, uh, no, I, well taken. Uh, but, but yeah, we, we, we want to campaign confidently. I feel good at, uh, about the House, but we've we got to make sure we take our message to the American people over the next, what is it, 87, 88 days. Um, but the Senate's a little tougher, but I think we can do that too. We've got a great candidate in Ohio, J.D. Vance. We've got Herschel in Florida. We've got Adam Laxalt in Nevada. We've got great candidates that, that uh, I think can win, and that's what we got to do. Crosby stills a Nash Classic Ohio. 
And, of course, that was the great Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan on the Bernie and Sid Show on Friday. He was great. Uh, 6.30 on your Monday morning, as Bernie pointed out, Rich Lowry coming up at 7.40. And Lee Zeldin coming up at 9.05. Again, go read page 8, today's New York Post. He writes an editorial about congestion pricing here in New York City as if crime and taxes and dirt and filth and homeless and all these things are not enough to make you want to run out of here. Now it's going to cost most of you an extra $35 a month if you're traveling south of 60th Street because of this congestion pricing deal that uh, that she signed off on. So Lee Zeldin runs roughshod on Hoko today. And by the way, both guys on Friday, and we'll play some more of it later on, Jim Jordan out of Ohio and Steve Scalise out of Louisiana, both mentioned Lee Zeldin. And Zeldin will tell us a story, Bernie, coming up when he's on at 9.05, how he walked into the, he was on the hill, on Friday, walked into the building and unprovoked, Steve, Steve Scalise walked over and talked about his appearance on this show on Friday. So uh, big things, big things coming up for Bernie and Sid. And, of course, big things coming up in November. And, and actually, I was shocked. Scalise mentioned Garbarino. He mentioned uh, all the local races. I mean, he's like really, really up on all these things. And, and uh, yes, Garbarino was uh, all over the place on this show on Friday. So that did piss off some of our listeners because they feel like Garbarino is a rhino, even though Peter King loves him. But both of those guys mentioned Garbarino as a guy that must win Bernard come November. Bernard come November. He must. I mean, we haven't had the primary yet, but, I mean, the Republican has to win. This is no uh, – the fact that, that it's even up in the air is scary. That is uh, – you know, that should be a lock out there in Long Island, but it's not. And, uh, I mean, I don't know which, uh, which w- who would be the better candidate, somebody, the incumbent in an Andrew Garbarino or some outsider that we're not, uh, you know, that we're not that familiar well, with. Well, the outsider, say, is, well, there's a guy that's been on this show. His name is uh, Robert Cornicelli. He's a Republican, a conservative, one of those Joe the Box guys who spends time with real Tina Forte and those types of folks. I mean, a real patriot, a real Donald Trump supporter. And a guy that actually served this country, so he's that guy. But the odds of him beating a guy like Garbarino, as you've mentioned once or twice before, are not uh, not very good. Yeah, you know, uh, not great at all. No, no. Uh, he's in fact uh, he's the underdog for sure officially oh, yeah. in the yeah. polls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this is a, this is a, a year with uh, all kinds of variables. You don't know what's going to happen, and uh, you just pray. You just pray that the uh, the person who does get the nomination, is the right person in November. And that, that's what I'm praying for. If it's Garbarino, so be it. We'll, we will back him. I will back him to the hilt come November and, the, you know, the months leading up to it, the weeks leading up to it, a big time. But, uh, yeah, Steve Scalise, uh, the, the man is a hero. The man, he's a brilliant guy. He's, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, after getting shot the way he came back, I think this guy is a living American hero, is uh, Steve Scalise. And uh, so uh, I would listen to uh, if he says it's Garbarino. I mean, he's he's also he's on some committee to reelect uh, Republicans to the Congress. You know, I would tend to listen to people like him and who they pick uh, as as an indicator of who I should pick. Yeah, no question. So uh, if yeah. he says no he did say yeah, it, if he and- says go with Go ahead. No, he did say it. We're going to play the audio coming up at 7 o'clock. He mentioned those names specifically, Lee Zeldin, Andrew Garbarino, Nicole Maliotakis. He mentioned all those names. Again, we'll play it 
coming up at 7. And don't forget, coming up on August the 23rd, you have those special elections. Uh, Real Tina Forte running that day. Uh, You do have uh, Mark Molinaro running that day. Those are the special elections. And that is uh, coming up next week. And there are some very good Republicans running on that day, too, Bernard, just to point out to the listeners. Oh, very much so. There's a uh, former cop in the, uh, the the race to take over AOC's uh, seat. Uh, but, uh, you know, listen, uh, AOC can be vulnerable, I guess. She's done nothing in the district. A lot of people are, are upset because she's an absent congresswoman. She's more interested in, uh, you know, makeup tips and uh, fake handcuff arrests, stuff like that. So she is vulnerable. A lot of people paying attention to that. But, uh, yeah, the ex-cop, he has a great chance, as does, I guess, Tina Forte. I don't know. Uh, necess- I really don't know if, if Tina Forte is way too over the top to be taken seriously or not. I just don't know. I don't know if uh, people who are paying attention are listening to what she's saying or if they're going with their gut and saying, wow, this lady's a little bit on the wacky side. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. I, uh, I, I hope whatever they're thinking is the right thing because that would be one hell of a deal is to flip that seat from AOC to Republican uh, after uh, Joe Crowley held it for so many years. Yep. That would be one hell of a slot. So she's coming up on the show, I understand, Wednesday, correct? Yes, uh, yes. Tina will be on the show Wednesday at 925. She uh, helped me promote the book yesterday, which was very, very nice. And uh, Mark Molinaro, again, running in that 19th congressional district, a friend of yours and I from the days he ran for governor back in 2018 against Andrew Cuomo, he's another guy that must win on August 23rd. Make sure you're voting up there for Mark Molinaro. So uh, there you have it. we got two great guests coming up. we got Beat Bernie coming up, Lydia Reports, and all the news of the day, sports news. You got it right here on the Monday edition, Burn of Bernie and Sid. I like what I hear, Sidney. I like what I hear. Traffic and sports is coming up next, but right now it is time for that 77 WABC clip of the day. Listen to the Cats Roundtable with John Katzmatidis, the great John Katzmatidis, every Sunday morning starting at 8, telling both sides of the story. Here, John talks congestion pricing with Governor David Patterson. There you go. Congestion pricing? They want to punish everybody in New York? They want to glom more money from New Yorkers? What say you? Well, John, let's start with a little history. People moved where the jobs are. And that's why New York City has always been the real economic capital of this country. The problem is when you start driving people out of the city with these incredibly high prices that they're going to charge in congestion pricing, you are going to reignite the problem we had during the pandemic, that business leaders and workers have learned they can get their job done without coming to the geographic workplace. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC. Talking about those red-hot Mets, Lisa Ganji, happy recap, another series win. Chris Bassett, scoreless baseball yesterday. And I tell you, the Mets made some deals before the trade deadline. Nate wins at a bunch of home runs. How about the former Pittsburgh Pirate, Daniel Vogelback? That's right, the fat kid. Another home run for the Mets yesterday. Vogelback's 0 for 2 today. And he drives one to deep right field. Back goes Castellanos. Picks a look and it's out of here. Daniel Vogelback with his third home run to man his 15th of the year. Gary Cohen on the call. SNY. The Mets are now 35 games over 500. They've won 
17 out of 20, just red hot. Lead the Braves by five and a half, and they start a monster four-game set in Atlanta later on tonight against those aforementioned Braves. Carlos Carrasco on the mound for the Mets. Spencer Strider makes the start for Atlanta. Big four days for the Mets. Another weekend, another series loss for the Yankees. They are just drowning. Last night, 3 nothing loss to the Red Sox. They lose 2 out of 3 in Boston. They still lead the Blue Jays by 10 games atop the AL East, and they start a set against Tampa Bay in the Bronx later on tonight. It's a three-game set. Garrett Cole on the mound for the Yankees. And again, the Jets, they're through a preseason starter against the Eagles on Friday. Their quarterback, injured Zach Wilson. Turns out it's not as bad as we originally thought. The Jets are saying two to four weeks. Jets play again, by the way, Sunday. They'll take on the um, Bengals. Excuse me. They play Monday against the Falcons. It looks like right now, though, week one against the Ravens. It'll be Joe Flacco, if not Mike White. No Zach Wilson. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out. PeerlessBoilers.com. PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Lee Zeldin coming up at 9.05 with sports. I'm Sid. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. There we go. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everyone at 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download the app. You won't regret it. Also heard simulcast on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, yeah, we talked a lot about a lot of different things here, of course, the big thing, of course, dominating political discourse is the raid out there in, uh, well, the raid down in Mar-a-Lago, Trump's uh, official residence. That's his official residence. That ain't some vacation home. That's where the man lives. And, uh, well, it was pretty disgusting. It's, uh, you know, everybody's talking about third world tactics, banana republic uh, type of uh, mentality that they're developing down there in the White House uh, with the imbecile in chief. Not really understanding what's going on, or maybe he does understand. I don't know. Uh, if you listen to Sid, he understands. If you listen to Bill O'Reilly, he doesn't understand. But either way, 
It's really dangerous. I, I, it's really... Think it, I think it's a little bit of both. I do. I, I think that there are times when he is completely out of it. There's no question and has to be told what's going on. But to just constantly, constantly uh, not hold him accountable, I think is ridiculous, too. It's a little bit of both. But uh, don't tell me that he's just senile, not evil. He's a little bit of both. A little bit. A little bit. We'll get right back to that. But in the meantime, last week we spoke about uh, the fact that there is now polio in New York State. Polio has been found. They, they typically drain uh, our, our sewage plants for various diseases. They can gauge how much... Uh, the population is taking in terms of drugs by, by doing a test on, on our sewage, believe it or not. And they've been doing that, just that. And, of course, they found it in upstate New York in the Hudson Valley, the Hudson, uh, you know, like halfway up the Hudson before the past the Tappan Zee Bridge, but before the, the next one on the way up. You know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, this was uh, Kathy Hochul. Kathy Hochul talking about this. And this is serious because a lot of people are getting this uh, polio. A lot of innocent people are getting it, uh, you know, unsuspectingly, unwittingly. And it's a horrible thing. People are getting paralyzed. by uh, they, they, they have polio. We thought the polio scourge was done. Well, something went wrong. Not sure what it is. I'm, in fact, I do have an idea of what it is, but I don't think Kathy Hochul does. Uh, this is Kathy Hochul. Talking about, uh, well, cut 23, Lou, uh, the polio thing. There is a presence in the New York City wastewater. This is something we're monitoring closely. We're working closely at the federal, local, and state level, all engaged, hands-on. And we want to make sure that we take all the steps we can at this time and sound the alarm right now to New Yorkers. Be sure that your vaccines have occurred. Be sure they're updated. And that's our best defense against the spread of polio. That's our best defense. Well, I beg to differ if my friend, our friend, Sid's good friend, Dr. Mark Siegel, has anything to say about this. He was on Catch Roundtable last week talking about this very thing. By the way, the latest is uh, they found cases of polio in Brooklyn. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, in Brooklyn. Uh, last week it was the Hudson, up in the Hudson Valley. Uh, and that is what uh, Dr. Mark Siegel focused on. And this is what he said, Dr. Mark Siegel said, about finding polio here in New York State. Uh, play clip. No, play that clip, please, Lou. How about polio? Listen to this. You know that polio is actually a national security problem? You know why? Because this polio outbreak in Rockland County came from a live virus vaccine, and I'm wondering how it got here because Mexico, for example, gives that live virus vaccine out still, and for several weeks afterwards you shed the virus. Hmm, wonder if it came that way. You know, and, and, and what's interesting about that is back in the old days, 1903, when my grandfather came here, you know what, what happened then? We actually used to check people and hold them up and do tests. Did they have TB? Did they have this? Did they have that? Now people just waltz across the border. Travelers come here unchecked. You never know what people are bringing in, right? Right. Exactly right. And what they're bringing in is polio. They're bringing in all kinds of tropical diseases, exotic diseases that we don't know anything about. And this is the first case of uh, just that. The first case is that we're seeing of just that. They're allowing all these folks in, and they haven't been properly vaccinated. Uh, it, it's really technical, but uh, maybe we'll get Dr. Siegel on at some point to explain it to tomorrow. us. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Dr. Yeah. Siegel, tomorrow. Yeah, because this is. How's that for quick? I like that. <laughs> I like what I hear. I like what I hear. No, this is really serious stuff. And part of what people warned about 
when it comes to having open borders. People coming in from across the globe with all these exotic diseases, no vaccines, no nothing, and yet here we are. We're, we're suffering uh, probably the initial stages of a polio, uh, you know, a polio plague. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to describe it. But, again, just another unintended consequence, which it shouldn't have been unintended because it made sense all along that this could possibly happen, uh, that these illegals could be bringing in this uh, hideous, hideous mm. polio disease. And more of, those, more of those illegals are uh, coming in today. The, the fight continues. And I know you're going to play the Patterson stuff, which is great. But, you know, we've been saying it for days, too. I know last week I actually drew the ire of a lot of the listeners here uh, because I actually said on the air that I kind of like this, even though it's my city. I kind of like this. F Eric Adams. I'm glad somebody is putting Eric Adams in his place, and uh, he continues to bitch. And Abbott says, hey, sorry, buddy. We get these every day, thousands. What you've had in three months, we do in about 15 minutes in Texas. So if you really want to get pissed, start yelling at your uh, your leader, the man you described yourself as when he called himself the Biden of Brooklyn, and stop directing your anger towards me. And I love it. Abbott, to me, is uh, my new hero. He's moving closer and closer to Ron DeSantis as the nation's best governor. Absolutely brilliant move on his part. Plus, Governor Ducey in Arizona, actually, he's building his own wall in Arizona as well. So the two of them doing what they have to do to protect the nation. Because in the White House, we don't have anybody looking out for, number one, Americans and America. We don't have it. And it's pretty damn sad. Here was Eric Adams over the weekend, once again, talking about this, uh, well, attacking Governor Abbott on this whole deal. This is cut number 25, Lou, please. 23. Well, first, we are going to fulfill our... Why has he targeted New York City? Uh, we have done nothing to Texas. Why has he turned this into a political statement instead of what? a personal statement with people who are seeking assistance? Because it's going to get a lot of attention, you idiot. That's why. Not only that, but he's a blue mayor in a blue state. He's the guy that welcomes stuff like this. He's the man that says, this is what New York was built on, bringing these folks in. He doesn't care if you're illegal or not. Why would Eric Adams say, why is he picking on me when you're kind of the face of this whole movement? Exactly right. I mean, he's he's the perfect. Uh, you, Eric Adams, is the perfect. Uh, you're the perfect person to be targeted and to be singled out. I mean, somebody, you know, they did it with uh, Abbott, and then they realized, you know what, I think maybe we'll get some more traction. Not Abbott. Uh, what's her name down in D.C.? Uh, uh, the, the black uh, yes, female uh, mayor. Yes, her name again? Walmore, Bowmore, uh, yeah, yeah, Bow, yeah, yeah. Bowser, Bowser. Boner, but Bowser. Yeah, right. Yes. Exactly right. So, yeah, so that's why they decided, you know what, we'll get more traction and more attention if we send them up to New York. And they're right. The way this guy's been squealing like a... Like a, a pig with a nail through his damn foot or uh, something. Let me say exactly what John Horn said after uh, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield's ear in the ring. The exact quote from John Horn was, he jumped around like a little bitch. That's I Eric like Adams. <laughs> that is Eric Adams, a little bitch. You can't understand why he's sending him to New York and to get you to squeal. It, it highlights the hypocrisy perfectly, perfectly. Now, uh, back to uh, national politics. Uh, you know this guy, Greg Jarrett. Yes. He was on one of the Sunday shows yesterday. Greg Jarrett, he's a, uh, he's a political analyst. He leans right. And uh, he said this about the whole uh, the raid, if you will, or the seizure 
you know, the, uh, the seizure of the uh, Mar-a-Lago residents uh, down a week and a half ago at the, uh, at the residence of Donald Trump, the primary residence of Donald Trump. Number five, Greg Jarrett, please play it, Lou. I think this was simply a pretext. What they really wanted to do was to get into the joint, turn it upside down, spend 10 hours there trying to find something, anything, perhaps a, a conspiracy, a seditious conspiracy with the January 6th rioters. The other thing that struck me about Garland is, is that he was pretending he was being transparent, when in fact it was just the opposite. He only asked for the public release of the warrant and the inventory list, which doesn't tell you much of anything at all. He left out and is still concealing the affidavits in support yes. of the probable cause warrant, which would tell us the story, the justification and the reasons for such exigent circumstances in an intrusive 10-hour warrant search of the premises. Greg Jarrett, make it, it was a pretext for January 6th. That's what it was. Plain and simple, you know, they definitely don't have enough. Uh, National Archives is nothing. Everybody has done that. And uh, to that point, uh, listen to uh, James Comey on July 5th. You remember this day well. James <laughs> Comey on July 5th, uh, uh, you know, essentially indicting Hillary Clinton and then unindicting Hillary Clinton. Cut 17, please. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, Good. our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. What? Wait, wait a second. Wait a yep. second. There's evidence that she broke the law. Evidence. But yet no reasonable prosecutor would take the case. How does that make... To, to any, forget about my wife or Takapina. How does that make any sense to any layman out there? Tell me. Uh, well, it doesn't. That's the bottom line. You and I were scratching our heads in the studio as we watched that live then. Oh, we were sick. We're still, we're still scratching our heads. I mean, uh, it made no sense whatsoever. He clearly, clearly uh, there's a double-tiered system of justice, uh, one for the Republicans, one for the Democrats. Uh, yes, uh, 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 Trump gets his uh, primary residence raided. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, well, I was going to play something else, but that's okay. So Trump gets his primary residence raided. And, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton doesn't, Hunter Biden doesn't, Joe Biden doesn't, uh, James Comey doesn't, when he took home classified evidence as well and didn't want to turn it over. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, we will speak to Rich Lowry. He'll sort all of this stuff out for us here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Uh, 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 uh. We'll go right back. Sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You send us Lee Zeldin as governor and, and keep keep Nicole Malitakis and Garbarino against the far leftists who are running against them. We're going to flip the house and fire Nancy Pelosi once and for all. Remember,
Tender years, Don Capri and the Beaver Brown Band from the movie Eddie and the Cruisers. Eddie played brilliantly by Michael Parry, by the way. And uh, you heard there at the very top from Louisiana Congressman Steve Scalise. He said that on this show with me at the Burning and Sid Show on Friday, give us Lee Zeldin, give us uh, Nicole Maliotakis, give us Andrew Garbarino, we'll fire Nancy Pelosi and uh, all those things I know are music to the ears of all of our listeners and to you, the great Bernard McGurk. Oh, big time uh, music to my ears. Well, let's hope it all comes to fruition. Yep. It's looking it's looking good. It's heading in that direction. And, again, no matter wh- who the people choose on August 23rd, uh, we are four square behind them, despite any reservations we may have had in the past. Right. They are all g- good, very good people. Uh, uh, they're all just great people. I mean, they will help us set this country back on track. Uh, a course correction, if you will. Taking back the House, the more people we get in the House, you know, as long as it's not just some, uh, you know, two uh, representative uh, margin, we want like uh, 23. You know, that's the kind of margin we're looking for. But, yes, uh, that's going to be the beginning of this great uh, this great awakening, this great epiphany that this country is experiencing. We have to turn this ship around, even with the old imbecile still in office. We can't wait two more years. No. It has to start now, and uh, as far as the Senate goes, same thing. Same thing. It does start again Tuesday, August 23rd, a week from tomorrow, with these special elections. People like Mark Molinaro, the real Tino, Tino Forte, both uh, will join us coming up in the next couple of days. Uh, big weekend, by the way, for the Rosenbergs. I did mention earlier we had a big night with our good friends Tom and Cheryl Mango at Cali's on Friday. Watch Jaws sitting outside. That's Terrence Mullen's place. Then Saturday, Danielle and Ava, for the first time ever, went uh, surfing. You know, Ava again is going to college in less than a month, and the ladies decided they are going to have a mother-daughter day, which I thought was great. So they headed over to this uh, New York surf school, which, uh, Lou, you know, it's 69th and the boardwalk, not far from where you live. And uh, Frank Cullen did a great job, and uh, Gene, uh, Greg, I should say, Greg helped out, Danielle and Ava, and they surfed. You can see the pictures on my Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. Many of you have already uh, commented some beautiful stuff. And then after that... They went from breakfast to surfing Bernie. They came into the city, Danielle and Ava, and they took a helicopter ride around New York City. How about that? Oh, my God. Wow. Memories, bro. Memories. That's what, it all, that's what it's all about. Your daughter experienced them. You're experiencing them right now. Uh, this is, uh, this is this fabulous things. I just love to hear all this, these beautiful uh, yeah. proclamations of yeah. uh, what you and your family, because I know the hell you were experiencing as you lived up in that uh, – that communist-infested Upper West Side. I mean, it was just the, 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 the pink pussy hat uh, capital <laughs> of, the, of the goddamn world. I mean, it's just, it just was horrific, horrific for you. Terrible. And so, yeah, I'm very, very happy to hear all this. Uh, really, it does make me happy. And I know your family's great, Ava. Beautiful girl. Very, very intelligent girl. we got to kind of keep uh, trying to drag her back to our side. <laughs> right. But uh, not an easy, easier said than done. Easier said. Well, with Gabe, we were able to do it. In fact, I had dinner with Gabe last night, pizza at La Sorrentino's. And we saw the great friend of ours, the former chief of police, Joe Esposito. He's always there having dinner with a couple. He clued me in, by the way. He may be going back to work, which is a very, very big deal for Joe, who just lost his wife a couple of months ago, was really struggling, but seems to be getting back on his feet. But Gabe, uh, Gabe's on our side, and uh, wherever he goes now, I mean, Joe Esposito made such a big deal in the restaurant last night when Gabe was on Bunny with you and I a couple of weeks ago. Gabe was beaming on our seven-block walk home. But I have to tell you this. You may remember when I first moved to Rockaway, 
I told you a story about how we went to a place called Harbor Lights. And uh, we met some lady outside. She said, listen, you're Sid Rosenberg. My husband is a huge fan. His name is Brendan. He's inside having dinner. Can you go say hello? So Danielle, Abe, and Gabe went to sit down to have dinner in a different room. And I walked over, said hello to this gentleman. Then I went back to Danielle, Abe, and Gabe. And when the meal was over, I asked for my check. And it turns out that that guy already paid it. And I went to say thank you when he was already gone. Do you remember that story? I do. Yes, I do. Well, how about this? So I tell that story. This is months ago, Bernie. And I say, by the way, Harbor Lights is right across the street from where that plane crashed in Rockaway two months after 9-11. And it is. Uh, The plane actually hit the three-corner homes on the corner of 131 and Newport. And in those three homes, at least one person died in every home. Five people died in all. You remember that day we're on the Intrepid, me, you, and Lou and uh, Imus is on the phone with Tom Ridge, and I told Imus another plane down in New York, and it hit that specific corner in Rockaway, and I told that story when I told the story about the guy buying us dinner because that place is right across the street. You remember all this, yes? Every bit of it. All right. Like it was yesterday. So I'm walking home from dinner with Gabe last night, and I see his wife, Annie, and she said, by the way, thank you very much for telling the story about me and my husband, she goes, you know, you told this story about the plane crashing into those homes in Rockaway. What you did not know is that my husband's mother and his brother were two of the people that died. I said, no, no, don't, don't tell me this. Yeah, she said, yes, his mother lived on the second house right off the block. And he said, his, she said, his brother was studying to be a lawyer and was about to take the bar but was still really depressed after 9-11. I think they lost their father, 9-11. So he was home that day sleeping upstairs when the plane hit the house. She said, you didn't know that, and I wasn't married to him at the time, so don't feel upset. He's not, you know. But the truth, you told this story about the plane, and how ironic is it that his mother and his brother were killed in that house? Uh, uh, so ironic and uh, tragic, just terrible. Yes, but, terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there were real victims. Uh, You know, it wasn't just the people on the plane. It was the residents. I mean, and what they did to entire blocks, what that plane did. And uh, we were, of course, under the impression that it was, initially anyway, that it it was another terror attack. That's right. So it really scared the hell out of New York City, out of the nation. And uh, I remember going home. I could not get across uh, the Queens Midtown Tunnel. I had to sit there in the car. Put the car in park, uh, go go out to a restaurant or something, kill a few hours, and finally they opened the Midtown Tunnel. I got through, but yes, I remember it like it was yesterday, and I'm sorry to hear about these people. In yeah, the yeah, nice couple, Brendan and Andy. Thank you so much. But talking about terrorist attacks, we just saw one in Israel. Again, for the Bill Ritters of the world that want a two-state solution, and the Palestinians are victims. Take a look what happened this weekend when innocent people from Borough Park, Brooklyn, were shot on a bus in Israel, and it really upset people like Dove Hyken. So Dove reached out to me even before this attack in, in Jerusalem. He's going to come on tomorrow, Bernie, and he reached out to me because of something that Kathy Hochul said. Now, you may remember about a month and a half ago, the Museum of, of Jewish Heritage, we took these people to task, and I beg New Yorkers, don't ever give the Museum of Jewish Heritage a penny. These are horrible people, and why did I do that? Because they refused to let Ron DeSantis speak. You remember all that? Of course. Well, it turns out that Kathy Hochul 
uh, had some speech or during a press conference, she was asking New Yorkers, specifically Jewish New Yorkers, not to move to Florida to Ron DeSantis' state. You can't make this up. If you haven't heard this audio, this is Governor Kathy Hochul imploring New York Jewish people in New York not to move to the state of Florida. Bernie, take a listen to this. I just want to say to the 1.77 Jews that call New York home, um, thank you for calling New York home. Don't go anywhere else. There's no better state. Florida's overrated. <laughs> I, won't, I shouldn't say this, but look at the governor. I mean, just started, started the top down. <laughs> Get in trouble. Got to stay on script. Got to stay. <laughs> Look at the governor. She couldn't hold Ron DeSantis' jock. Now, listen, there are some examples. There are some in Miami Beach. There's a lot of temples there of anti-Semitism. There have been attacks, no doubt about it. But not even close, not even close to what we have here in New York, especially in Brooklyn around that Borough Park area. So right. for her to say, stay in New York if you're Jewish and just look at the governor I don't care. You can talk about congestion pricing. You can talk about crime. You can talk about taxes right there in that clip. That is a lady that is so delusional that it's terrifying. Yeah, no, it's it's insulting to the Jewish community, honestly, to tell them to stay here in New York where it's yeah. safer. Yeah. Please, give me an effing break. Uh, she, by the way, if uh, they call for it, if the, if, if the uh, you know, the, the woke cards call for her to demand, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a separate Palestinian state, and, you know, to call for more coddling of these terrorists, she would do it because she's that type of oh, coward. Yes, yes. Ron DeSantis would never do that. Never. So there's no comparison. Don't even make that comparison, lady. Uh, this, I mean, she really does make me sick to my stomach. I mean, I really was reaching for a, a vomit, uh, for a garbage can so I could vomit into it listening to her while she made those comments. Uh, yeah, the real Jew haters are right here in your own state, lady. Borough Park and Brooklyn and uh, and points beyond other other parts of the city as well. But but Brooklyn is ground zero for anti-Semitic attacks in the whole country, in the whole damn country. That's right. And the whole uh, there there were anti-Semitic attacks once again over this particular weekend. So uh, I, I don't know from whence she's coming. But I wish you would go the hell back there and stay there. Well, and, and that's what Lee Zeldin is all about. That's right. And Lee will join us again coming up at 9.05. We wrote, uh, Lee, I should say, wrote a great editorial on today's New York Post on page 8, talking about Kathy Hochul gouging New Yorkers at this latest congestion pricing. He's got a lot to say. And as I teased earlier, there's a bunch of really big events uh, for Lee coming up in August and September. One of them I'll be at with Danielle and Lee, and President Trump is going to be there. And he'll tell us more about it coming up uh, at 9.05. Peter King just texted me. He said, Sid, Harbor Light is a great place. The owner is Bernie Durham, FDNY, lost his son on 9-11. The restaurant was destroyed, too, when the plane came down. Bernie was at the event for Paul King that you and I attended. By the way, Paul King is running against that louse Gregory Meeks. Gregory Meeks, when I see this guy on TV, he's on CNN all the time. He's a Queens guy that does absolutely nothing. He's another one of those politicians, Bernie, that I can't stand. You know this guy, Gregory Meeks? I know him very well. He's a phony. He's an incompetent. And, uh, no, we, I mean, it, we're never going to get rid of him because of the, the nature of the district, the nature of the electorate. Here in New York City. He's black, and there's a lot of black people in that area. That's the bottom line. Well, uh, yeah, I guess you could couch it that way, but uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's here to stay. 
and he is uh, he is a complete and total woke tard and a coward. He's he's half establishment and half woke tard, and he's afraid, just like Kathy Hochul, just like Governor Cuomo was afraid of the woke tard contingent of the Democrat Party. Uh, so that those those are your two choices in the Democrat Party. You're either one of them or you're afraid of them. Right. That's it. No, yeah. There's no other choice. No, you're right. And with that said, even though it does seem stacked against us, you still have to vote for Paul King. He's a good man. Uh, he's got a beautiful wife, Margaret Powers. Vote for Paul King coming up in November, too, another race that uh, we are the underdog. But, hey, dreams are made when underdogs show up big, whether it's on a football field or on Election Day i.e. Donald Trump. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Rich Lowry coming up at 740. Lee Zeldin coming up at 905. We are the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the self-proclaimed best talk show in America. We kick ass every morning, folks. We are Bernie and Sid. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. One, two. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, Crossfire Hurricane. That was one of the names of the operations that the corrupt James Comey and others perpetrated on Donald Trump and the American people, and on Trump supporters, I should say, more specifically, because, you know, uh, well, they just did. And it was an awful uh, scam, one of many, impeachment, uh, the, uh, the Mueller case hoax, uh, all of that stuff, uh, the Steele dossier just a complete and total lie. They knew it was a lie when they brought it before a judge and didn't tell the uh, judge that, well, we, we don't believe any of this stuff. Honestly, we think it's uh, spurious. It's a, it's a waste of time. We shouldn't be looking into it. They did not say that. They did not. And uh, that's Operation Crossfire Hurricane. So good choice out of Louie. And uh, speaking of which, the latest hoax is this, uh, the notion that Donald Trump would take home all these documents uh, you know, and, and by the way, that he did it himself. I mean, remember, the White House was one hell of a chaotic place after January 6th. There, there was just like uh, it, it was just crazy. Of course, uh, January 6th, uh, we all know exactly what went down that day with the riots. I mean, so Trump is not standing there as these uh, documents are being uh, packed into boxes and saying, OK, we'll take that one. OK, we'll take that one. No, he wasn't doing any of that. Uh, but uh, either way. Uh, they nail, they try to nail him on all that stuff, and it is really a disgrace. And uh, to that end, uh, uh, Donald Trump released a statement on Friday night. Here is uh, investigative report John, reporter, excuse me, John Solomon. He is uh, reading a statement from Donald Trump on Friday night on Hannity's show. 
believe it or not. Cut number six, please, Louie. This is from President Trump's office. Uh, it just came in a few minutes ago. President Trump, in order to prepare the work the next day, often took documents, including classified documents, to the residence. He had a standing order that documents removed from the Oval Office and taken to the residence were deemed to be declassified. The power to classify and declassify documents rests solely with the President of the United States. The idea that some paper-pushing bureaucrat with classification authority delegated by the President needs to approve that the classification is absurd. It is absurd. By the way, John Solomon makes many appearances on Cat's Roundtable at, excuse me, Cat's at night at 5 o'clock in the afternoon here on 77 WABC. This guy's a great investigative reporter. But either way, there you have it. Uh, the, the idea, well, the, the whole thing was absurd. I'm not going to repeat what he said. But also, uh, a DNI Radcliffe, he was on one of the Sunday morning shows. DNI, uh, John Rat, the Department of uh, National Intelligence chief under Trump, John Radcliffe, he said this. He compared the Trump case to the Hillary case. And this is what he said cut 19, Louis, cut 19. Being grossly negligent and being careless, Jim Comey told us, that's not enough under the Espionage Act. You have to know that you're violating the law and that he couldn't prove that Hillary Clinton knew she was violating the law. Therefore, she couldn't be charged. There you go. That's, uh, that, that was his, that was his uh, you know, rationale, was Comey's rationale back on July 5th. But they will not give that uh, benefit of the doubt to former president, President Donald Trump. I mean, he's guilty. We got to go raid this god, this this damn compound. We got to go after it. And so, anyway, you had that. Also, uh, Merrick Garland. I know you covered this uh, extensively on Friday, but uh, one of the more egregious egregious comments he made. This is cut eleven. Merrick Garland on Thursday about uh, well, uh, you know, covering. Uh, well, just listen to it. Merrick Garland, cut eleven. Go ahead. Upholding the rule of law means applying the law evenly. Without fear or favor. Without fear or favor. Does anybody in their right mind believe he's doing any of that? Of course not. Comey, Clapper, Hillary, the Bidens, uh, you name it. Uh, they, no, no, none of their residences were raided. None of their people were put in shackles, dragged off planes. None. None, none, none. But when it comes to the Trump people, all those things did happen. And that shows the... Uh, the absolute the folly, if you will, to use a, a half a gay word, the absolute folly of their position. And uh, what, it's this, uh, you know, this congressman, congresswoman, excuse me, Lauren Boebert. Oh, very well. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she said this about what was going on uh, last week, a week and a half ago in Trump's, uh, or was it two weeks? I think it was, was it two weeks ago today or was it a week and a half? Whatever. Either way, this is what she said, August 8th, 2022. Lauren Boebert on raiding Trump's primary residence. Go ahead. Cut this is Gestapo crap, and it will not stand. Yeah, I love this. That was lady. a week ago, by the way, and uh, she's the gun-toting pride of Colorado. Yes, she is. And look, she's 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 a fighter. That's the bottom line. That's what we need. We need fighters, ladies and gentlemen, fighters, because this is what it is. This is dictatorial, uh, banana republic, Gestapo, whatever you want to call it. These are those types of tactics. And for Merrick Garland to get up there like he's some sort of morally superior a schmuck, it doesn't hold water. What you're doing is the total opposite. You're morally inferior. You're a fool. You're a liar. You're a stooge. You're an idiot. You're a coward. And you're caving to the pressure in your party 
to try to charge Donald Trump. You didn't have any evidence. So what did you do? You, you engaged in a raid, in a raid that doesn't that that certainly uh, it, it didn't warrant. This stuff did not warrant that raid. Did not warrant it. Uh, and we're going to find all that out because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Trump really does. He's meticulous in uh, finding, you know, in crossing his T's, dotting his I's, all that stuff. He's very, very meticulous. Now, I played something earlier, and I wanted it to uh, lead up to what I'm going to lead up to. This was uh, James Comey. This is Cut 17, Lou. This is James Comey again on January, excuse me, July 5th, back in 2016, right in the heat, the middle of the campaign. Cut 17, James Comey. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Yeah, why not? Why the <laughs> hell not? Ridiculous. Right, exactly. But uh, And you would think that would be the case if that, that was valid. That would have been the case with Merrick Garland and, the, and uh, Christopher uh, Fay Ray uh, on this whole rating of uh, Trump's primary residence. Now, Hillary Clinton, for her part, she said all this about what she did. Why are you bringing my name up? Cut 18. Go ahead. What difference at this point does it make? Yeah. What? Yeah. What difference does it you, make? You broke the law. I know. She's, she's, this woman is, <laughs> I mean, this woman is a, a total clown show. And she, you know what? I think she's gearing up for a run. There she is. I, I think she is, yeah. We've been hearing that for so long. I, what are people waiting for? I don't, what are they waiting for? Uh, well, they're waiting for 2024. I mean, it's still a little premature at this point. But, uh, you know, all these octogenarians looking for uh, excuses and reasons to jump in and, uh, you know, make it make a dash for it. You know, I, I don't know what she's thinking, how she thinks anybody would vote for her at well, this point. I got to tell you, you read the tea leaves right now. You say who would vote for her. But when you throw Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom and these losers out there and uh, this uh, Cory Booker and the rest of these people, She's not insane for running, Byrne. I hate, she did win. She got a lot of votes when she lost to Trump. So uh, based on the crew running right now, unless they've got somebody better, I don't think she's insane for running. I really don't. All right. Well, we'll see. We shall see. But either way, listen to this uh, mashup. This is uh, a mashup of uh, Comey and Hillary and a couple of their statements that they've made in the past. A cut 20, Lou, just, you know, for laughs. Play it. Good morning. I'm here to give you an update on the FBI's investigation of Secretary Clinton. What I want to do is tell you what we're recommending. But first, let me tell you what we found. 110 emails, 52 email chains have been determined to contain classified information. What difference at this point does it make? Eight of those chains, 36 of those chains, secret, and eight contain confidential information. What difference at this point does it make? Everything I did was admitted. There was no, no regulation. Secretary Clinton should have known that an unclassified system was no place for that conversation. I did not email any classified material to anyone on my email. None of these emails should have been on any kind of unclassified system, not even Gmail. But first of all, nothing was marked classified. To the contrary. Nothing was marked classified. There is evidence that nothing was marked Six of those chains. I said it was a mistake. 
Yo, that's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Hey, listen, Lee Zeldin, track these people down. Track them down and hire them for your campaign to come up with stuff, local stuff, here in New York that, that we can, you know, sort of exploit and get the people. Humor goes a long, long way. And that was a terrific uh, a mashup of, of, of Comey and Hillary Clinton humor right there. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Seven forty-four in the morning on your Monday morning. We put this time aside every Monday morning for a great guest. I mean, a great guest, smart as they come. He's the editor of the National Review, political NBC contributor. His stuff syndicated all over the country. A lot of his stuff here in the New York Post. He is Rich Lowry. He's also become a very, very good friend. And he tweeted this just moments ago at Rich Lowry, and it reads like this: "About to go on with the great and hilarious Bernie and Sid." If you don't listen to these guys, you should. And Sid's new book is available for pre-order, and he actually put the link to the Amazon uh, page for my new book, Citizens United, which, again, means a lot to me. Here he is, and he's in the book, The Great Rich Lowry. Good morning, Rich. <laughs> of course I put the link. What, what kind of putts do you think I am? I've been around the block. I, was, I had to do that tweet because last night I couldn't get to sleep. And I was like, what's bothering me? Something, I know something's bothering me. My conscience is bothering me. Uh-huh. But then I realized I hadn't plugged your book yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, man. The fact that you actually – and you're not lying. I know you. You're crazy. You were definitely thinking about that last night. You were, and you came up big for me this morning. I really appreciate that, Rich. Thank you so much. That's a big deal. All right, well, everybody's talked about this. Again, thank you. The big raid at Mar-a-Lago uh, last week. Me and Bernie have talked about it. Now we've heard from Merrick Garland. What are your thoughts nearly a week later after this ridiculous raid down in Mar-a-Lago? Well, it's a little, we're back to Russia collusion territory again where everyone's jumping to conclusions. You know, if you watch the Sunday shows yesterday, it's, it's you know, the just question is, is Trump going to be in the federal pen for five years or ten years? You know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm always willing to change my mind based on facts. So the whole Russia thing, I was like, I, I don't think he colluded with Russia or, you know, or, you know, it was a Russian agent. But if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. And here, you know, if he had a – blueprint for a hypersonic missile in a sock drawer okay maybe you need to go get it but um (laughs) it it, it just seems unlikely to me there's anything's going to emerge that's going to 
justify taking this step. But I really fear Merrick Garland is dead set on indicting him, not necessarily for this, but for January 6th. And, and it's going to make the reaction to this seem like a, you know, a tiny campfire. I mean, it's just it's going to set the literally set half the country on fire. I agree. But uh, he may and he is dead set. There's no question about it. And all this was was one big operation to legitimize, in my opinion, January 6th. But just because he's dead set on doing it doesn't mean the evidence is there. And, and you know, right. they, they had this ridiculous dog and pony show. They had good ratings one night. I get it. Brian Selter told us about it. But uh, to be honest, it was a waste of time. So he may be dead set, but they were dead set with Robert Mueller. They were dead set yeah. on impeachment. They were dead set on Russia. Being dead set, as we found out, which just not enough. Yeah, and, and on January 6th, my colleague Andy McCarthy, this has been his take from the beginning, that this search was, was not about these documents, uh, so-called so uh, classified documents. And some of them were classified. It doesn't mean, you know, that they were list of spies or anything. But um, about January 6th, because it's awfully weird if you have Trump's lawyer, Eastman, raided, if you have Trump's uh, this, this DOJ, G, DOJ guy Trump was working with, Jeffrey Clark, raided. Right after this, you have a, um, a member of Congress raided, you know, his phone taken. And all in the midst of these January 6th-related searches, you have this totally unrelated search just coincidentally in Mar-a-Lago. It's hard to believe, and there's this, this subsection in the warrant that says you can take anything. You know, a lot of the warrants like, oh, if this is classified, you can take it. But but there's this one provision that says anything, any record generated the four years that Trump was president, you can take. So that suggests that it that that's what's going on. There, there it's a fishing expedition in a, in a, of the widest possible parameters. Yeah, uh, one that's backfiring. Uh, Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, just as, as an aside before I forget, Sid, I don't think you can refer during your sportscast yeah. to uh, Daniel Vog Vogelback as the fat kid. Can't on say the that. You really can't say that. I, right? don't, I don't think they're doing that on WFAN. I no, really probably. Back, uh, that's why we're number one and they're not. <laughs> you know what? Good point, good point Sidney. <laughs> All right, keep much. doing it. Keep doing it. Hey, listen, uh, cut nine, Lou. Listen to this. Cut nine. I want Rich Larry to hear this. And uh, to uh, react to it, cut nine. This is the Maryland governor, Larry Hogan, a Trump hater. Uh, Maryland governor, Larry Hogan. Please play it, Lou. It was actually a, a, a win for Donald Trump. It seemed to motivate his base and people rushing to his defense and uh, feeling as if he was being picked upon and martyred. So there you have it. It's a win for Donald Trump, says Larry Hogan, who I'm sure it pained very much to say that. Uh, what do you think? Right? Don't you think? What do you think? Clearly, I mean, obviously, there's no question about it. I mean, we've, we've talked uh, in the last few months. You know, maybe Trump's uh, grip is slipping, uh, you know, a little bit, maybe indetectably. DeSantis crawling up in some of these these national polls. I think that this blows that all away. It just makes Trump again the center of attention. It reminds people of of why they hate his enemies. And it just bonds um, his supporters to him again. So if, if this was meant to make Trump go away, it, it did the absolute opposite. And there have been some strange bedfellows denouncing this thing. George Will you know, hasn't written anything nice about Donald Trump, maybe ever, said this is a That's right. Andrew Cuomo out of the box is a, hey, wait a minute, you know, there better be a really good justification for this. So yep. I think most rational people, one, they know how the politics are playing out, two, that they're at the very least – made really nervous by this raid. You didn't just 
categorize George Will and Andrew Cuomo as rational people. I know that. They, yeah. <laughs> but, no, but on a serious note, uh, rational people, those independents, I guess, which, and we talked to Bill O'Reilly about this quite often. You're right there with them. Folks that may not have made up their minds yet, right? They, they kind of like Trump, but he tweets and he da da da. But they are aware that Biden's a mess. Now they see this, another hoax. You've been through seven of them already with Donald Trump. Do you think those people will come around and actually vote? for a guy like Trump in 2024? I, I just think uh, the politics, it helps him in the primary. It makes it more likely he'll, he'll win. You know, maybe marginally so as this, this everything wears off, you know, over time. But it definitely helps Trump. And then in the general, I'm not sure. Because I, I think for a lot of people, it just reminds them of all the drama and, and all, the, all the chaos. Yes, no question about it, Rich Lowry, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Now, by the way, did I mention he was a Republican governor, this Larry Hogan uh, Trump hater? But I would like to move on, uh, if I may, Rich, because you focus mostly, for the, for the large part, on uh, national issues. And this really is a national story, the fact that uh, cases of polio have turned up here in New York State and New York City. Uh, and, of course, uh, we had Dr. Siegel's uh, comments last week that it seems to be due to the fact that they don't get the proper vaccine down in Mexico, uh, and so that you got people coming up here bringing up all kinds of exotic diseases. Another reason why this is such a horrible, horrible idea, a fentanyl aside, uh, you know, rapists aside, whatever. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, it, it's just it's a disaster to have an open border. I mean, it's uh, almost definitional. And the polio thing, you know, my, my late mother died a year or two ago, you know, was born in the 30s Sorry. and had to move out of her uh, neighborhood in near New Haven because uh, a kid a kid got polio. You know, that, that's like 90 years ago. And, and we don't want to go back to anything no. like that situation. And, you know, my, my attitude is these migrants, most of them, they're just they're just desperate people. And I, my heart goes out to them. Once they're here, you got to treat them humanely, in my view. But they shouldn't be coming in the first place. And when they show up, you should treat them humanely. Make sure they get three solid meals. Make sure you know they're they're in held in decent conditions, and then you got to send them back because we have a country. Uh, if we want to let people in, we got to do it deliberately. It's a matter of policy choice. It just can't be they come here and violate our laws and exploit loopholes that we've created stupidly uh, down on our border. Um, but it sh- it should stop, and you could at least drastically diminish it instantly. But Joe Biden has no interest. Zero interest is right. I'm not sure what Joe is interested in these days. He's vacationing in. Uh in South Carolina. He's doing very, very well for himself. Uh, <laughs> hey, I want to ask you about, because uh, you're a big sports fan, Djokovic. The U.S. Open is about to take place here. It's a big deal. Serena Williams is going to say goodbye to uh, all of those uh, rabid tennis fans. And it's going to be a huge event. I heard prices have tripled in one day because of Serena's impending retirement. But the best men's player in the world, Djokovic, can't play. Because we do not allow unvaccinated people to come to our events in this country and play these things. I, I just I don't understand it. What are your thoughts on this? It's ridiculous. It makes, it makes zero sense. It reflects the, the wrong conventional wisdom, you know, a year ago or whatever it was. But if you're not vaccinated, you're a threat to all the vaccinated people. <laughs> Whereas if you're not vaccinated you and you, know, you have underlying conditions, you're a threat to yourself. But, but uh, 
uh, you're not going to kill all these people around you. Um, and you, this is still the policy, though, in New York. Toronto, you know, Canada is also an issue. Ben and Tenney on the Yankees, this left fielder they traded for, I believe, is still not vaccinated. He, he hasn't been able to travel to, to Toronto to play. So it's it's insane. And it, it, it's a policy that never should be implemented. And it's totally indefensible now. So, Rich Lowry, we have uh, tomorrow – we have a couple of primaries. It's Tuesday, so there's got to be a couple. One of them is Wyoming. I believe the other. Is the other Alaska? I'm not sure. Okay, so we have Wyoming and uh, Liz oh, sorry, Cheney. Were you asking me? It sounded like you were asking someone in the uh, studio. <laughs> oh, no, my, my apologies. Is it, is it Alaska sure. tomorrow? Okay, so uh, tomorrow, definitely Wyoming at the very least. And uh, Liz Cheney, of course, all expectations is she's going to be uh, bounced and trounced and definitively booted from the, well, she's going to lose the primary, so she's not going to be a candidate unless she takes some sort of third run, third, uh, you know, third party uh, candidacy. But uh, so what are your thoughts on Liz Cheney and what she did in January 6th and the fact that she's about to lose her seat in the Congress because of what she did on that committee? Well, she, she'll, she'll be lucky, I think, to get 25 percent in that primary. I'd kind of be surprised if she gets above 25 percent. She's she's been on a one-way uh, path to a CNN contract for, for a very long time. <laughs> um, she made her choice, you know, and I, I respect it. I do think it was, it was out of uh, principle, and she was just appalled by everything that happened. Um, I, I don't think, you know, the way she's been involved in running this committee has been a great thing, um, but she just made her choice. She was basically done with electoral politics, and we'll, 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 there'll be an exclamation point put on that tomorrow night a tremendous appearance by rich lowry with an amazing tweet to preview the appearance and promoting my book <laughs> citizen united <laughs> hey yo, rich thank you so much you, you really are uh, yes you're, you're a treat on monday mornings thank you so Appreciate much it. have a great week you too buddy the great rich lowry go retweet his tweet at rich lowry about how great it is to be on with Bernie and Sid because we're the best, we're hilarious, and, of course, he promoted the book. Still to come later on this morning, 905 Republican candidate for governor, Lee Zeldin. Everybody wants him to win. He was a talk of the day in D.C. on Friday. We'll get to all of that. Lydia reports and beat Bernie. All that's still to come on this epic Monday edition of the number one Nielsen-rated news talk show in New York City and the best show across the country. We are Bernie and Sid. Started out this morning feeling so polite. I always thought of Michigan not because it didn't fight. But you got some beta waiting, and I think I might like heaven in a little afternoon delight. Skyrockets in flight. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. I want to rock! Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere, everywhere, folks, on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Uh, this was uh, Mariano, Mariano Rivera's uh, theme song coming into bat, I mean to pitch. Am I correct? You are correct. You are correct. The great number 42. You, yes. Now, have you seen the uh, Edwin Diaz? Yes. Uh, his, the, the, yes. How, how, how great is that? Great. I mean, Peter you, King you wants talk- to use Edwin Diaz's entrance when he comes on with you and I now on Wednesdays. He actually told me that. By the way, statistically. Yeah, so, no, he texted Ed- no, he texted both of us. Oh, both of us. Right, yeah, yes. I, I saw that, yeah. By the way, statistically, Edwin Diaz got to his save number before. Now, I'm not Rivera. I'm not comparing Edwin Diaz to Rivera. Rivera's the greatest pitcher of all time. I mean, the guy 100% into the Hall of Fame. But Edwin Diaz has become lights out again. He was great in Seattle. Mets got him, him and uh, that second baseman who's long gone, and um, he wasn't all that great, and now he is really lights out. I mean, he's he's amazing. He is, but his last outing, uh, he came in, uh, was it Saturday night or Sunday night? He came in, and he did not uh, acquit himself so well, although... He got out of the inning, and he closed yeah. the game, yeah. and uh, he saved the Mets that night. That was Saturday, I think, the DeGrom start. Uh, yesterday, they, they won 6 okay. nothing. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so he did. Uh, so, in other words, that type of thing puts a lot of pressure on you. I mean, he comes out to these mariachi horns, and uh, once you do that, you have to perform. You, you leave no room for error, although he did have some error, but you really uh, leave no room for error, so I applaud him on his balls, if nothing else. Uh, and and it's, it's, it's eminently entertaining as well. I mean, this is what the New York Mets, this is why I say, folks, if you're hesitating, get on board. It's time. I mean, this is the year. These guys are cocky. They're fun. And, uh, yeah, the, the Mets are going not only into the playoffs, but going all the way to the World Series. And we'll oh, see what happens the, then. The Dodgers what? still have the best record what? in baseball. they got to beat them first. But, I, I, but this is a, a yeah, 35 games over 500. First time, Bernard, since 2006. First time in 16 years the Mets have, uh, have played this well uh, up to this point. And um, like you said, uh, if you want to jump on, do it now because the next four days – it could be all over. If they do well in Atlanta the next four days, and right now they've got a five-and-a-half game lead. So if they take three out of four from Atlanta and they're up seven-and-a-half on Friday, it may be just about over. So jump in tonight and the next four days in Atlanta, Mets and Braves, big baseball. Big baseball. And if, uh, you know, the, the home series against Atlanta is any indication, they'll do well. They will do well. Now, listen, something horrible happened over the weekend. It's local news. And, uh, you know, local news, we're live and local is what we are. We cover everything. But uh, this was particularly heinous and uh, heartbreaking when you see there was a taxi driver, a yellow uh, yellow taxi driver, medallion, hack license, all that stuff. Not one of these, uh, you know, gypsy cabs that, that you know, went out of, out of their way to uh, pick up some uh, slimy uh, customers because they're that desperate for a buck. Uh, this guy picked up five young black kids. And he was he took them to where they wanted to go, which is far Rockaway. And what happened was they uh, tried to beat the fare. He gets out of the car uh, to chase them down. Uh, so they stop and they beat the crap out of him. They steal his money, and then they beat the crap out of him some more. And at the, the second uh, crap beating episode, he falls to the ground, hits his head on the on the concrete, and he dies. He dies. This is a Channel Five, Fox Five, NYC report on that very incident. And I can guarantee you 
that some of these people that they haven't caught them yet are out on no cash bail or whatever, some lenient. You, you know that's the case. But either way, here it is, Channel 5's report, because it hits home. It hits home, and it's, it's powerful on the death of this taxi driver uh, over the weekend. Take it, this is cut number 28, Lou. Go ahead. It hits close to home. I've spoken to close friends of the family. One of the gentlemen who was shot is named Shia Hirsch Glick. He was very brave. He bent down over his family to protect them. He was shot in the neck, but and they had him on a respirator. But it looks like he will. His condition is improving. No, his this is wrong. Was okay, shot okay. In the now arm. play. Now play. Cut twenty seven. That was Israeli shooting, right? Uh, the Israel, yes. the borough park people. Yeah, yeah, which we will get to as well. But uh, now play. Cut twenty seven on the shooting of the cab driver over the weekend. Not the shooting of the Palestin the Palestinians of the Jews. The one that got the cab driver killed. Please play it. <laughs> was a good, good man. It was my backbone. I'm lost right now. My a children. grieving widow devastated after her husband was beaten to death. 52-year-old Kutan Jaima was a taxi cab driver and a father of four young children. Police say early Saturday morning, Jaima was dropping off five passengers along Beach 54th Street in Far Rockaway. Investigators say the passengers didn't pay their fare and tried to rob him. That's when police say Jaima chased them and was hit in the back of the head, fell to the ground, lost consciousness, and later died at the hospital. These are four children that are going to grow up with no father. And I'm angry because this could have all been avoided. Sunday morning, members of the New York Federation of Taxi Drivers called for justice in this heinous attack. His colleagues remembering him as kind and a hard-working man. This was a gentleman who never stopped driving during the worst days of the pandemic when the city absolutely shut down. This gentleman drove his cab. And Big Apple Taxi is offering a $15,000 reward for any information that leads to an arrest. So there you have it. Uh, any information that leads to arrest, uh, they're going to get caught because, uh, you know, these months, $15,000, it's hardly uh, enough money for a reward for information. But it'll get some of these low lives out there, and they'll turn on each other. So we'll see what happens there. But the guy, if you looked at some of the pictures, four beautiful uh, daughters, and, uh, you know, the, the, you heard the wife crying there. It was really, really heartbreaking, heart-wrenching. Which is why when I drove a cab, man, I just didn't pick these people up. I mean, they were That's like, right. they were like, hey, go go to a, a 754 Mulford Drive, and uh, you know, and then then they would come out of the building. You'd see like four or five kids, and I I put the car put it in drive. In fact, I kept it in drive, and then I just took off. Bye bye, because I I've been robbed and I've been hit over the head, stitches, everything, many many times. Guns pulled on me while I was driving a taxi. And it wasn't because I was bigoted. It was because I was afraid. And that's why I didn't pick them up. But either way, that is a sad, sad commentary on the state of our city right now and the state of our country that you have such uh, callous disregard for life amongst certain demographic of young people. I don't know who's raising them or what's going on at home, but uh, something has to change, man. It's got to be deeper than it's got to be deeper than just changing the no cash bail laws. This crap starts earlier in the home, and it's usually one-parent families, no dad, et cetera, et cetera. We've been through it before, but it needs to be. Uh, we need to go through it again because it's horrible. Now, listen. You, let, let's play that to Schmuck Schumer and the shooting of the Jews in Jerusalem by the Palestinians. Uh, play that clip now, Lou. 
It hits close to home. I've spoken to close friends of the family. One of the gentlemen who was shot is named Shia Hirsch Glick. He was very brave. He bent down over his family to protect them. He was shot in the neck, but and they had him on a respirator. But it looks like he will. His condition is improving. His son was shot in the arm. Uh, yeah, so that, another horrific story out there in Israel. So the, the worst guy to deliver that is uh, Schumer, just the worst. Uh, you, you know, I'm uh, sure, Sid, this is what he does. He goes out on Sundays, yep. and he has to, you know, he, he was going to talk. Li, li, listen to this. His stated uh, issue was talking about the spotted lantern fly. Mm-hmm. That was his stated issue, mm-hmm. but this happened mm-hmm. just before that, and somebody yeah. asked him a question about it. I am sure... He did not want to address that issue whatsoever. I mean, please. He's a, a Joe Pinion was in studio on Friday, uh, and, of course, he's running against Chuck Schumer. He's another one of those guys, right? We talk about Will Tino Forte. We talk about Mark Molinaro. We talk about uh, Garbarino, all these folks that have to win. And it would just be a godsend if Pinion can beat Schumer. Again, a huge, huge underdog. But, I mean, Schumer is just the worst person. I thank Dolph Hyken is coming on tomorrow. To talk about the uh, the Kathy Hochul comments about comparing herself to Ron DeSantis and how New Yorkers, Jewish people, should stay in New York, not move to Florida. I'm sure Heiken will have something to say about Chuck Schumer talking about the shooting in uh, in Israel because Dove is there all the time. I'm not sure when Chuck is there, but Dove is there all the time. No, he's not there. He's he doesn't care. Really doesn't care. He's a low life, an opportunist, a dirtbag, and uh, for him to be opining on it, uh, it's just uh, it's kind of sickening. He he's the guy. He's the Democrat Jew who's all for the Iran deal. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know what's going on, why people like him would support stuff like that. But there you have it. There you have it. Schmuck Schumer making a fool out of himself. Now, back to the uh, raid on uh, Donald Trump's primary residence down in Mar-a-Lago. The former education secretary, Bill Bennett, this is what he said about the FBI, well, essentially delegitimizing itself. Cut three. Please, Lou. The larger picture, very quickly, is a crisis of legitimacy in this country. Uh, the liberals, the progressives, feel that Donald Trump is not a legitimate person, not a legitimate candidate, wasn't a legitimate president, uh, and his followers, not much, not much better. Uh, uh, conservatives, on the other hand, believe that by the actions of this government, it has delegitimized itself. Uh, the FBI is not what the FBI should be. No, we have to disband it come up with a new agency once we take back both chambers of Congress because with just one chamber, it ain't enough, folks. you got to get out there and vote, man. You want to make a change here, especially, uh, well, across the nation, but also in New York State. And, uh, look, speaking of slimy, uh, scuzzy, if there's anybody worse than uh, Chuck Schumer, it's Adam Schiff. And this is what he said yesterday morning on one of the dopey, biased, corrupt Sunday morning shows. I can't believe I'm playing this, but... Just take a listen to it. It is a cut number one. Go ahead, Lou. Some of those documents were marked top secret, sensitive compartmented information. Uh, that is among the highest designation in terms of the, the extremely grave damage to national security that could be done if it were disclosed. Yeah, damage to national security? I don't think so. Just uh, lying. This is a guy who, who was, went on Sunday morning shows for four years and said that he had he had solid evidence that Trump colluded with Russia. And there he sits, and they're all sitting around, rubbing their chins, listening to Adam Schiff as he opines, as he, as he, as he drops profundities on us uh, in a big way 
Ooh, Adam, that's really deep what you said there. I got I to gotta digest that one. Uh, so another uh, a piece of garbage, a liar, a phony, a fraud. This guy, uh, Adam Schiff, he should be in jail himself. Out to never, never land. You know, we have the Lou Dobbs report coming up, ladies and gentlemen. If, if you keep it where it is. Don't go away. Lydia Serrani as well. We're coming right back. Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. From CBS News attributing childhood obesity to climate change. Yes, they actually put out a report saying that kids are fat in the United States because of climate change. Uh, to now Boston Children's Hospital's latest so-called treatments. Uh, parents need to be worried. So Boston Children's Hospital, it specializes in gender-affirming care for kids meaning they give kids hormones. And then when the kid reaches the ripe old age of 18, they can, under insurance-funded surgery, get genital mutilation. Uh, The Children's Hospital released several ads recently touting how kids as young as toddlers know that they're born in different bodies. So they're actually bragging about this stuff. Take a listen. So most of the patients that we have in the GEMS clinic actually know their gender, usually around the age of puberty. But a good portion of children do know as early as seemingly from the womb. And they will usually express their gender identity as very young children, some as soon as they can talk. They might say phrases such as, I'm a girl, or I'm a boy, or I'm going to be a woman, or I'm going to be a mom. Kids know very, very early. So in the GEMS clinic, we see a variety of young children all the way down to ages 2 and 3, and usually up to the ages of 9. Um, yeah. So, I mean, a kid who learns how to talk, if they say I'm a boy, I'm a girl, my, my daughter tells me like, she's different things all the time. Sometimes she tells me she's a, um, her mercat, like it's a mermaid slash cat. I'm mercat. I'm the mommy, you know, all these different things. And so Boston children's hospital, I cannot believe. So just up until recently, they said that if you were 17, you could get the surgery, but now they changed it after uproar. Now it says you have to be 18 or over, which what makes the difference for one year. And Boston children's hospital should be worried because it could go the way of a trans kids clinic in the UK, which is now shut down because it's being sued for millions and millions of dollars by thousands of parents for what the doctors did to their kids there, citing malpractice. So I don't even understand like how this is happening in the United States and Medicare and Medicaid pay for this and parents are sending their kids to this hospital and they're bragging about it with commercials. Yeah, it's really, uh, it's unbelievable is what it is. Uh, I mean, uh, it's lunacy. That's 2022. We're living in the land of lunacy, the time of lunacy. And it's all, we, we have to change it. I mean, we will look back on this time as one of insanity and sort of laugh and chuckle and be embarrassed. Well, actually, they'll be embarrassed about what they were, you know, sort of trying to perpetuate on this and in this country. Uh, just a uh, sad state of affairs. And, of course, the only thing we can do is vote. That's it right here, right now. And we have to purge these, uh, these uh, schools, the educational uh, system of these woke-tard teachers. 
We have to put cameras in the classroom and make sure that these teachers are not trying to brainwash our kids with this crap. We have to actually do it and mean it. We have to be dead, deadly serious about it. So I don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, that's my solution right there. Cameras in the classroom and starting to arrest some of these groomers. Well, I mean, these are doctors. I thought doctors took the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. So the fact that they're harming these children, giving them these hormones that could eventually give them cancer, never mind their fertility, uh, and, and mutilate them once they turn 18. Because if you're taking the hormones for a long time, then, yeah, you start believing, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I should cut off my penis. Maybe I should invert it, invert it into a vagina or get, get a – I mean, oh, the, these things happen when you take the hormones. This is like – Really, really scary stuff. I went to a birthday party for kids this weekend for my daughter's friends, and they live in like kind of well-to-do area. And the parents were telling me because, I mean, I live in a nice school district, but the school district these they belong to, it's like per house, it's like $40,000 minimum, you know, property taxes. So obviously the higher property taxes, the nicer the school is. But one mom was telling me, she's like, I pulled my kid out of the middle school there because they just were so woke. And I put the kid in Catholic school because, like, the, my kid's coming home with, like, BLM stuff, hates me because I support Trump or this or that. And I'm like, where are you getting this stuff from? Now I put my kid in Catholic school where they don't talk about politics and my kid likes me again. And I know Sid also kind of experienced the same thing. And I've had some other friends that have experienced the same thing where all of a sudden their kid comes home and thinks you're the devil because you don't go along. Your politics are, don't align with what the teacher says. No, I went through that, uh, yes, with both children now, uh, through hard work. I've got Gabe thinking completely the other way. Gabe is uh, right now with uh, me and Bernie. Ava is much better than she was. She was a big Trump supporter. Then she was into all this woke stuff. And now, even though she still believes in most of it, she does not bring it home. And uh, her and I have had this uh, great renaissance period together. She's about to go to college. But to your point, Lydia, yes, the New York school system tried really hard to ruin both of my children. They didn't win when it comes to my, to me, but they win in a lot of households, a lot. They do if the parents aren't involved, and that's the key, and that's what we were kind of all talking about. If the, You hear about these incidents like the 14-year-old that was shot in the lobby in the Bronx recently. Who, the, who did the cops arrest? Another 14-year-old kid. I'm not saying that has to do with wokeism, but it has to do with parents not being involved in their kids' lives. And that's like the real root problem for what we're seeing all throughout the city. I saw that like 90% of car accidents that we're seeing throughout the country are by young males. They're out of control. There, There is no consequences for any of their actions at home. You could say black young males. Am I wrong? No, no, can, no can, you're can not. You not say I that? mean, these are kids. No, you're I mean, a, these are people from the inner. Is, I, I okay. Know. Oh, is it true? It's true. Yeah. If you can't say it, is it true? It is true, it, but you just can't say it. Okay, it, just I, yeah. I just need to know the rules. All right, then I, I withdraw the comment. I take it back. Uh, well, we'll I talk about this. That. I know you never said that. We'll talk about this uh, and so many other things that we feel strongly about on the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. Five o'clock tonight, you don't want to miss it, where we actually stand for truth, justice, and the American way. Yes, Lydia Serrano, great report right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. 
Anthony and Sid in the Morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Beautiful day. Oh, I got it wrong. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere, ladies and gentlemen, on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. And download that app, folks. I'm telling you, you, you won't regret it. What a great lineup on this show. Not just the Bernie and Sid Show, of course, but I mean, every, you name it. You got Kilmeade, you got Kelly, you got Bill O'Reilly, you got. You got uh, Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor. For God's sakes, he doesn't pull any punches. And then, uh, you know, all kinds of good, great programming. John Katzmatidis at 5, Mark Levin at 6. Download that app. That's all I'm saying to you folks. Look, it's been a year now since uh, the, the, uh, the withdrawal, a year since the withdrawal in Afghanistan, the hurry, the rush. The, the the unbelievably incompetent uh, withdrawal uh, that was just unnecessary, totally unnecessary. Plenty of time to do things the right way. Uh, the biggest mistake, of course, uh, evacuating from the Afghanistan, the Kabul airport, as opposed to Bagram. And we should have maintained the presence. When we saw that the Taliban was making such gains, we should have, we should have uh, at that point, we should have locked that, doubled down on our staying for a little bit longer. We really should have. And at the very least, kept Bagram Air, Air Base because now you actually have Chinese engineers at Bagram. They're, they're, they're casing the joint, casing the, uh, the, the mineral-rich land of Afghanistan. And they're going to get all the, they're gonna, all the fruits of that is going to go to China, all of it. Uh, the Afghanistan, those idiots don't know uh, minerals from from uh, squat they don't know they, i mean they're too stupid they're too crazy that they're, they're such zealots but either way we lost 13 beautiful young americans because of the incompetence of joe biden that will be one of the biggest stains on his his administration uh, for years and years to come forever forever this was a national policy blunder that rivals no other maybe maybe the invasion of iraq maybe but uh either way it was awful, and uh, Joe Biden bears the responsibility. So you have that, and we were talking about uh, earlier about whether or not it was uh, t- tomorrow. They have two primaries in this country, and one of them is Wyoming, the other is Alaska. Uh, Wyoming, you, you're going to have uh, one female politician. She's going to get her ass whooped. It's going to get whooped. It's going to get spanked, whooped, and uh, raked over the coals. She's done, this dizzy Lizzie Cheney. She's done, and with good reason. I mean, for her to turn all woke and crazy like she has. But, you know, whether or not, I don't know if she, look, she's still pro, pro-life. pro I don't know how she can be uh, embraced. Once these Democrats get done with uh, using her, she really is just a complete and total useful idiot at this point. 
to the Democrats, they're going to throw her aside like, uh, you know, an old banana peel. They're going to throw her aside because of what she is. So Liz Cheney will go uh, by the wayside. I don't know what future she has. Maybe. I I don't even know. I mean, uh, the left hates her, the right hates her. And it's all because of a Trump, President Trump, calling out her daddy uh, for the invasion of Iraq for, you know, I mean, in no uncertain terms. He called out the Bushes and the Cheneys, and they hated it. They hated it. It was, uh, and that's why you see Dick Cheney making these commercials, and that's why she defends Daddy, all that stuff. Uh, and also the Alaska primary. Well, they were talking about it on one of the uh, panels yesterday morning, and they said this about Sarah Palin. A lot of polls show her doing well, in fact, winning. And this is what they said on, I believe it was a Fox News panel, on the Sarah Palin, whether or not it's uh, celebrity status or her Trump endorsement that is propelling her in these uh, particular uh, polls. And anyway, this is what they come up with. Cut 36, please, though. Oh, 36, B. Yeah. No, it's not 36. Yeah, the Fox News panel on uh, Sarah Palin, uh, it would be uh, 35, 36, no? no? I got okay. it. I got it. I got it. Oh, yeah. okay. Thank you. Sarah Palin's been keeping a low profile, shall we say, ahead of Tuesday, only doing a couple of public events. Is she counting on her Trump endorsement and maybe her celebrity to carry her across the finish line, or is she really kind of banking on her campaign fizzling out? Well, I I think she has universal name recognition. Uh, People from Alaska and across the country know who Sarah Palin is. If Alaska had not gone to ranked choice voting, she might very well be in a position to win this special election on Tuesday. But now, unless she can get a majority of the vote, it goes into another round. And that gives the prospect that that hardcore support that she has from Alaska will not be enough to get her over the finish line. We'll see if there's a second act in American politics for Sarah Palin. Essentially is what she said. But uh, I I predict she wins the primary. And look, when she gets to Congress, uh, she will, compared to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the likes of Lauren Boebert, she will seem uh, pretty uh, tame, I think. I don't know. I don't know where her head is at or how fiery she plans to be. But she's great. She was, uh, she was uh, uh, you know, the rock star that gave that hour-long acceptance speech uh, during the 2008 campaign when she was selected by McCain to be her vice presidential running mate. And, uh, I mean, that took such nerve, such poise under such pressure that uh, she uh, display at that point. And then, of course, she was the she was Donald Trump. Uh, the politically, she was Donald Trump before Donald Trump was Donald Trump. I mean, they never relented. They they went after her viciously because, of course, just like a black conservative, uh, a, a female conservative is almost as as horrifying to these uh, Democrats as anything else. And they went after her and they savaged her. And so I hope she wins and gets exact some sort of retribution on these people. I really do. Uh, but uh, listen, also, uh, just before I move on to the raid, uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, it turns out the FBI said over the weekend, the FBI said that uh, he could not have fired that gun without pulling the trigger. A bullet could not have come out of that gun without the trigger being pulled. So the FBI essentially calling Alec Baldwin a liar when he said this back in December 
Uh, this was cut 30, little please. Alec Baldwin. They start to cock the gun. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I, I said, do you see that? She goes, well, just cheat it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And I cock the gun. I go, can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? And she says, and I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. You let go of the hammer and the gun. Well, that sounds sort of like pulling uh, on the, well, some sort of trigger, some sort, sort of trigger mechanism. But, uh, look, this guy may do time in jail. I don't know. I really don't know. I don't even know if they've charged him criminally yet. But after the FBI's report, they certainly have some ammunition. Uh, and one more thing. Anne Hache died over the weekend. Anne Hache, uh, they, they waited until they, uh, well, until they had a sufficient donor match with an organ for somebody before they announced the fact that she's now officially dead. Anne Hache died. She would have been charged with all kinds of crimes. She would have been miserable because she was, uh, you know, she was burned horrifically. And uh, what she did was uh, unacceptable, obviously, riding through the neighborhood, uh, you know, jacked up on uh, whatever it was, blow and liquor and vodka in the passenger, in, in, in the, uh, you know, whatever it is, the, uh, the where you keep the drinks in the middle. What do you call that thing, Lou? Come on. The cup holder. The cup holder, you son of a bitch. And uh, is Sid back yet? That is negative. He is dealing with something. I don't know what it is yet. Oh, some important, very important issue. No no question about it. Uh, yeah, what could be more important than this 840 segment? Not, I, I really just don't realize. I mean, I, I just, uh, I don't know. But anyway, back to the raid. Back to the raid. You have uh, this guy after, I believe it was one day after the raid, this congressman, I believe he's from Ohio. His name is Scott Perry. His phone was seized while he was under on vacation with his family. They came to his hotel room, knocked on the door early in the morning. The FBI did and said, yeah, no knock warrant? No. In this case, they gave him a knock, and they said, you got to give me your phone. And he was like, what? Why? Don't worry about it. Give me your phone. We're the FBI. This is what he said about that yesterday, cut number 13. It feels awful. They're using these taxes, tactics to intimidate people coerce people, anybody that doesn't uh, bend the knee, that isn't intimidated, that isn't uh, parroting the narrative, is now subject to these kind of uh, third world banana republic tactics politically. And that's what you're seeing is this horrific overuse, abuse of the DOJ and uh, and the instruments of federal power. It really is. And as I pointed out to uh, Rich Lowry, the governor of Maryland, and this is cut number nine, the governor of uh, Maryland Republican governor of Maryland, excuse me, Larry Hogan. Uh, This is what he said about the whole raid incident. Cut number nine, please, Lou. It was actually a a win for Donald Trump. It seemed to motivate his base and people rushing to his defense and uh, feeling as if he was being picked upon and martyred. People hate Donald Trump, and they still realize what a win for them this was, for for the Trump supporters this, this raid was. How the, how much they they actually, you know, they overuse the the government over government overreach is what you call it, and this other guy Cash Patel, uh, you, you, a lot of you have seen Cash Patel out there, he's uh, very smooth, he's very he's tough, he's like uh, an Indian guy, Indian American guy, uh, and he's great. I love this guy. He said this about Trump's ability to declassify documents. Cut thirty four, please. 
President Trump named me his, his representative to the National Archives months ago, and we've been in a bureaucratic battle. We found whole sets of documents we needed out to the American public from Russiagate. We got out about 60 percent. That's why President Trump made it his mission to declassify and be transparent. In October of 2020, he issued a sweeping declassification order for every Russiagate document and every single Hillary Clinton document. Then on the way out of the White House, he issued further declassification orders, declassifying whole sets of documents. And this is a key fact that most Americans are missing. President Trump, as a sitting president, is a unilateral authority for declassification. He can literally stand over a set of documents and say, these are now declassified. And that is done with definitive action immediately. Not really hard to argue with. Not hard at all. Uh, yeah, he, that's what he did. That's what he could do. And that's why this whole uh, exercise was a Merrick Garland, uh, Christopher Ray, uh, you know, blunder is what it was. Because they cannot defend this. When all this gets shaken out in Congress during the hearings in November, uh, you know, after November, after we retake the House, uh, we're going to come to see all this. And we see it now. I mean, anybody with half a brain sees it now, just as they saw back early on with Russia collusion, that that was a joke and a mistake. And, you know, yeah, hookers peeing on a bed in Moscow. And Trump is like, yeah, do it. Obama slept there. Go, go do it. Like, that was any, in any way, shape, or form believable. And then you had this guy, Greg Jarrett, and he's a, he's a Fox News analyst. He summed up the uh, raid this way. Cut number four, please. What struck me about Merrick Garland is that he unwittingly undermined his own argument for an intrusive search warrant. He stood there in front of cameras, and he, he said, it's our standard practice to use the least intrusive method. Well, that's a subpoena. And in fact, the yeah. DOJ and the FBI gave Trump a subpoena in early June. He complied fully with it, giving them what they wanted. So if they wanted additional documents, all they had to do was hand him another subpoena. They didn't do that. They undertook a raid. Undertook a raid. Uh, yeah, so it was totally unnecessary. The subpoena would have sufficed, especially in light of the fact that uh, Trump had the ability, as Cash Patel said, to declassify these documents. Now, Greg Jarrett went on, and uh, he said what a lot of us have been thinking, that it was a complete and total pretext, that the uh, National Archives documents nonsense, that had really nothing to do with it. It was all to help out Merrick Garland, the DOJ, the FBI, into trying to charge a Donald Trump with some sort of crime, so that he cannot run in 2024, because as we've seen in all the polls, he is extremely popular. Uh, this is cut number five. Greg Jarrett, once again, uh, hit it low. I think this was simply a pretext. What they really wanted to do was to get into the joint, turn it upside down, spend 10 hours there trying to find something, anything, perhaps a, a conspiracy, a seditious conspiracy with the January 6th rioters. The other thing that struck me about Garland is, is that he was pretending he was being transparent, when in fact it was just the opposite. He only asked for the public release of the warrant and the inventory list, which doesn't tell you much of anything at all. He left out and is still concealing the affidavits in support yes. of the probable cause warrant, which would tell us the story, the justification and the reasons for such exigent circumstances in an intrusive 10-hour uh, warrant search of the president. Uh, yeah, there you have it. It was a pretext. 
and uh, for January 6th. They knew it all along. It was a Hail Mary shot. But uh, maybe they'll find something. Who knows? I doubt it. Trump is, Trump is on the, he's a, one, one of the most ethical people when it comes to policy matters. He crosses his T's, dots his I's, and he does it all the time. And one, uh, one last clip on this is uh, because we love this lady, Lauren Boebert. She's the congresswoman from Colorado. And she said this about the whole raid. Uh, cut number 10, please, Lou. This is Gestapo crap, and it will not stand. You hear that? That's what a fighter says. That's what a fighter comes out swinging and says, and that's what it is, Gestapo crap. And that's why we're so pissed off at what these mutts did. And uh, speaking of mutts, you have uh, one more thing here is uh, Kathy Hochul was talking about they found incident, they found cases. Uh, actually, they, they were rummaging through uh, sewer water, which is what they normally do just to see what's in it. See how many uh, people are taking Valium, uh, antidepressants. They can do it, and they do do it. And over the weekend, or sometime last week, they found cases of, they found the polio virus in the sewage. The polio virus, which we thought we had eradicated decades ago. But it's back. Now, why is it back? That's a good question. But this is what what, uh, the dummy, uh, Kathy Hochul, the unelected dummy, a governor of New York, Kathy Hochul, said about the polio vaccine in Brooklyn and the Hudson Valley. Cut 25, Lou. There is a presence in the New York City wastewater. This is something we're monitoring closely. We're working closely at the federal, local, and state level, all engaged, hands-on. And we want to make sure that we take all the steps we can at this time and sound the alarm right now to New Yorkers. Be sure that your vaccines have occurred. Be sure they're updated. And that's our best defense against the spread of polio. Yeah. Well, what about the cause, lady? Huh? What about the cause? It's no secret. It really isn't a secret as to where it's coming from. But they want to keep it on the DL for political reasons because they don't want to be political. Here is Dr. Mark Siegel last week on the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show at five o'clock on 77 WABC. Dr. Mark Siegel talking about, well, the origins of polio. Here in New York, take it. Uh, polio? Listen to this. You know that polio is actually a national security problem. You know why? Because this polio outbreak in Rockland County came from a live virus vaccine, and I'm wondering how it got here. Because Mexico, for example, gives a, that live virus vaccine out still, and for s- several weeks afterwards, you shed the virus. Hmm. Wonder if it came that way. You know. And 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 what's interesting about that is back in the old days. 1903, when my grandfather came here, you know what happened then? We actually used to check people and hold them up and do tests. Did they have TB? Did they have this? Did they have that? Now people just waltz across the border. Travelers come here unchecked. You never know what people are bringing in, right? Right. Exactly right, Dr. Siegel. And Kathy Hogel, she's got the blinders on. She's a loser. She doesn't have the interests of the New York uh, constituents, the people who live in New York. And she's a coward. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, we're going to speak to Lee Zeldin next, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it right where it is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to rock! Ernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Not a great morning here in Burning and Sid for Kathy Hochul. <laughs> I mean, congestion pricing, which Lee Zeldin wrote a great editorial about today on page 8 of the New York Post. I mean, a great job by Lee. Dove Hyken coming on tomorrow to crush her for telling New York Jews not to run to Florida because she's a better governor than Ron DeSantis. I mean, she's just completely out of touch. And then coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon, a big press conference here in New York City. Lee Zeldin and another friend of ours, Nicole Maliotakis, and they'll be addressing all of the migrants, the illegals, mind you, that Texas and that genius Governor Abbott is shipping here to Eric Adams, that idiot, to New York City. So a lot going on, but here's what we do know. If you want to save this state, save this state, you got to vote for Lee Zeldin. It's, I mean, come on. We know already all the issues. With that said, again, 1 o'clock press conference today with Nicole Maliotakis. Here he is, dear, dear friend, and the choice for governor come November, the great Lee Zeldin. Lee, Sid, Bernie, how are you, pal? Hey, it's great to be with you guys. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. Before we get into the, the meat of the conversation, uh, the great Steve Scalise, the hero, he was here on Friday with me out of the state of Louisiana, and we had a great conversation talking, to him, and he brought you up a couple of times. We made a bet about the Giants and the Saints, by the way, Lee. And then you told me on Saturday that you were in D.C. on Friday, and Scalise walked up to you unprovoked and mentioned the radio appearance, right? Oh, that's right. So we were on the floor of the House of Representatives on Friday, and, and Steve walks up to me, and he was talking all about his appearance that morning on Bernie and Sid. It was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. He was great that morning. We had him on and uh, Jim Jordan out of Ohio, two great Republicans. And, of course, uh, that leads us uh, to you, Lee, and you got a big press uh, conference coming up later on this afternoon. Now, I said last week that uh, it's going to sound rough to New Yorkers, but I actually like what Abbott is doing. I mean, Eric Adams is one of the reasons why this country is being inundated with illegals. He needs to understand for himself when it's own city, if it's his own city, maybe he'll care more. So talk about the press conference coming up later on today. Here in New York, we have these sanctuary state, sanctuary city policies that reward and incentivize illegal entry into our country. You have these border states and border towns that don't know what else to do. They're getting overrun. It's a full-blown crisis at our border. Now, the solutions are obvious. If they put Bernie, Sid, Lee in charge of our federal government for a minute, it's very easy to know to figure out what needs to get done to fix this. In my opinion, we should finish construction of the border wall. We should end catch and release. We should enforce the remain in Mexico policy. We should support our Customs and Border Patrol agents. We should... You know, uh, instead of rewarding and incentivizing illegal entry, we should be sending a strong message to people thinking about coming not to do it. So now you have these policies coming out of places like New York State and New York City that in- encourage people to come here, and they get rewarded for it, coming here illegally. 
You have hardworking New Yorkers who are struggling to make ends meet. They're paying a lot in taxes. You keep seeing new ways the government tries to put their hands in our pockets. You just pointed out the congestion pricing push. Uh, you have the 24-7 speed cameras now. They're always trying to find new ways to put our hands in our pockets. Why? To try to fund their far-left priorities. So I, I don't hear Kathy Hochul saying anything about the flights that are coming in over the course of many months from the Biden administration. And now all of a sudden they want to go after Governor Abbott, who doesn't know what else he can possibly do here to fight off what is a full-blown crisis. I believe that we need people like our, our governor and our mayor and others from across the country to be increasing the heat on the Biden administration to actually lead and to shut this down at the border. Our nation's backbone is our rule of law. And right now, from what we're seeing on our border to what was just executed and down at Mar-a-Lago is an erosion of our rule of law and erosion of our backbone. No question about it. Lee Zeldin on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw uh, Lee Zeldin uh, yesterday. The buses pulled up. The illegals got off. And just like with Eric Adams, when he greeted them like some uh, some low life, uh, you know, low level, excuse me, community organizer, uh, they were actually yesterday shaking hands. The delegate was there from the Adams office, shaking hands, rewarding uh, and, and handing an envelope to these illegals that, I don't know, contained uh, Mets tickets, hotel room tickets. I don't know what they're giving them, but tr- treating them like they're heroes. Far from treating them like the illegals that they are, treating them like heroes. And then you have this, uh, and this is something that should shake a lot of Americans to their core, especially, New Yorkers especially, because it's only in New York now, but the emergence of the polio virus here in New York. Now, Dr. Siegel from Fox News said last week on John Katzmatidi's show that uh, this uh, this Re- re- emergence now of the polio virus is a result of illegals coming in. They're not properly vaccinated. For some reason, it, it enables them to spread the polio uh, virus itself. I think that's a huge issue, and that would actually resonate when you're talking about the health of not only individuals, but the health of uh, the individual's kids. What do you think? Right. And when the Biden administration was looking to end the Title 42, the first place that this country was declaring the health emergency for COVID over was on our border. And you also have to be consistent. So if you have a problem with these buses arriving, how do you not have a problem with all these flights that are showing up into our airport? Yep. Is it because the buses, you believe you could blame a red state governor? And if you have an issue with the planes, then you are increasing heat on the president of the United States, the person of your own party, the average New Yorker, they see it for what it is. And to the point about that on, on the health front is that you do have people who are coming on their own, their own set of rules across the board. They don't care what our law enforcement thinks. They don't care what our laws on the, on the books require. The right way, if somebody wants to come to our country, is to figure out what the rules are you apply. There are plenty of people who are in line right now, and that's the reason why they're not here. The people who are coming illegally are saying, I don't care what your rules are. I don't care what your rule of law is. I don't care what your border policy is. I'm just going to come my own way. The trip up is dangerous, and this isn't just about people coming illegally, but they're coming across with fentanyl and other drugs, 
and other types of trafficking. It's also about things coming illegally into our country as well. It's a full-blown crisis. And I don't see, with one-party Democratic rule in D.C., Albany, and New York City, I don't see anyone looking to take any accountability at any of those levels where anyone's saying that they are responsible for anything. And that's the worst part of it. Yeah, you mentioned all three of them, Biden, Hochul, and Eric Adams. This is Lee Zeldin, Republican candidate for governor, the only man that can save our state at this point. Again, running for governor in November. He's got a big press conference coming up this afternoon in the city, 1 o'clock with Nicole Maliotakis talking about the migrants. And uh, we got some some big events. You do, I should say. Fundraisers coming up over the next couple of months, Lee, before the election. One with President Trump that I'll be at. One with um, his son and uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle. One with Ron DeSantis. What I'm saying is there's a lot of the big stars in the Republican community now, uh, the big leaders that are uh, rallying around you. And whether it's Republican Party, independents here in New York City, or even some Democrats that are really unhappy with Kathy Hochul, it does seem like, Lee, with some of these big events and these big names coming up, and I'll be at two of those with you, that New York is coming around and collectively in your corner. And it doesn't matter whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent. If you want our street to be secure, if you want to back our men and women in blue, improve the quality of education, defend freedom. Just yesterday, over the weekend, actually, Kathy Hochul signed off on another extension of her COVID emergency powers. If you care about just struggling to afford to survive here, maybe you're in your car right now driving into New York City thinking about this new congestion pricing proposal I believe that this whole thing needs to be shut down. My, I, my pledge is to do absolutely everything in my power to stop it. But meanwhile, up in Albany, they have so many far less priorities to spend money our state doesn't have. They're just going to continue to try to find new ways to take money out of your bank account. So if you, if you feel like your wallet, your safety, your freedom, the quality of your kids' education are under attack, then it doesn't matter whether you're left center right whether you're registered to one party or another we're new yorkers this is about saving our state this is a a rescue mission to save new york and we cannot give kathy hochel four more years and one party rule an outsized power of self-described socialists they are destroying this state and there will be a lot more damage done if they get free reign for longer this is our opportunity november 8th to stop it Indeed. Uh, Congressman Lee Zeldin on the Bernie and Sancho running for governor of the state of New York. And Congressman, just another example over the weekend here, a, uh, a poor African immigrant driving a taxi. I believe he's a citizen of the uh, United States at this point, but he was murdered in Far Rockaway by five, by five young teenagers uh, from the inner city. Uh, they took his cab and then he, they, he, he tried to chase him down after they tried to beat the fare. Then they beat the crap out of them. I guarantee you, guarantee that one, at least one of these kids, probably, if not all five, have uh, some sort of, uh, you know, recidivism rap against them or were released on no cash bail. Uh, you know, just one thing after another. Another example uh, to, to hammer, to highlight, because this, uh, this particular uh, cab driver, he was married with four beautiful kids, and uh, it really just a sad event. And again, if this doesn't resonate with the people of New York, I don't think anything will. More and more, we are waking up on Monday mornings and we are reading about 
stabbings and beatings and shootings and more happening on our streets. And it's going to keep happening more and more if we don't do something about it. We need laws that are on the books that are turning our streets back over to law-abiding citizens. We should repeal cashless bail. We should, I mean, you're pointing out there was this law called Raise the Age that changed some of uh, the, the rules, the laws that relate to those who are not 18 just yet, but they're committing some serious offenses like, over and over again. We need to roll back the discovery law changes that were made. We have to repeal the HALT Act. This uh, was something that went to effect April 1st. Our corrections officers are getting assaulted a lot more now since April 1st inside of prisons. Uh, we need to remove DAs like Alvin Bragg, who refused to enforce the law. I pledged that I would make this my first act the first day I'm in office. And we also have some lax judges, too, by the way. When we heard about the Goldman Sachs employee who got shot in Staten Island in the subway, that was somebody who was released by a lax Brooklyn judge. In that case, the prosecutor did ask for bail. A couple weeks ago, we heard about the Times Square slasher. Yep. Well, that was somebody who was released because of a lax Queens judge who, in that case, the prosecutors asked for bail. There's so much that we can be doing to back our men and women in blue, protect qualified immunity, make sure that our streets belong to law enforcement and law-abiding citizens, not criminals. But the pro-criminal Democrats who right now run Albany feel like we haven't gone far enough. <laughs> they have more ideas on how to make this worse if given the opportunity. So i got to ask you, we know the pathway to victory, Lee. We've had these conversations, you and I and Bernie. And uh, you know where you're going to do well, Long Island, parts of upstate New York. I know you're going to spend a lot of time in places like Rochester and Binghamton. But I think the number, Lee, is 29%. If you get 29% of the city, you will be the next governor. And after you know this, Lee, I lived in the city for the last six years, right? Two years down by Wall Street, four years on the Upper West Side. These people, Lee, are animals. They are animals. They see a D and they go for it no matter what. How do you convince about one-third of New York City to vote for you if we get less than 29 percent of the vote in new york city i don't know how we win right if we get more than 35 percent in new york city i don't know how we lose that's the range that we're working on here now for example yesterday in new york city i was at the dominican day parade in manhattan and the feedback was awesome along the side of the route Good. they're talking to me about jose alba and bragg and anti-hocal they are informed they're energized. We are going to win the Hispanic vote in November. I've seen it just the last week or so. I was with, I was in Chinatown with the Asian American community, Sunset Park in Brooklyn. They care about crime. There's raw, violent, anti-Asian hate. They care about the quality of education in our schools. We are, worst case scenario, going to come close to winning the Asian American vote. In the last week, for example, I've been doing this. I've been in the campaign for over 16 months. The last week, I was down in Brighton Beach in Brooklyn. I was in Kew Garden Hills in Flushing, all talking to the Jewish community. They're seeing violent anti-Semitic attacks, anti-Semitism inside of CUNY. They're, they care about safety on our streets. Hochul's education department up in Albany right now is going after yeshiva education. And the Jewish community is infuriated by it, as they should, and I oppose this substantial equivalency push going after yeshiva education. We'll do better with them. I, I was at the Jamaican Jerk Fest uh, just over a week ago, and 
uh, I was at NYPD National Night Out in Southeast Queens, and I've been spending a lot of time with the black community, and I believe that we're going to do better with them, and they care about school choice and having a a higher quality education in our schools, and of course, uh, the need to improve economic opportunity, and they want to feel safe on our streets, too, the people I'm talking to. Uh, We also have to, on top of this, do very well in the more conservative pockets of New York City, from Staten Island to Middle Village to Bay Ridge and Brighton Beach and elsewhere. I believe that we have a great path to get over 29% of the vote. The most important thing is to show up. And for everybody out there listening, if you want to help, have conversations with everybody you know. Get them engaged and let people know they don't just have a right to vote. They have a duty to vote. They have an obligation to vote. And if there's some Democrat out there who's always voted Democrat, if you are concerned about the direction of the city, the state, this country, you don't have to keep voting Democrat. And if Democrats are taking you for granted, don't let them. I'm here to show up in person to earn your support and to right. fight and work with you to get this done. All right. Very well said, Lisa Hilton, I must say. Very, very. Any uh, any uh, events that you care to talk about or promote coming up today or in the next few days? Well, we have that press conference coming up uh, today at 1 o'clock. I'll be with uh, Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Uh, we're going to be getting the word out here on the – uh, the illegal immigrants who are coming into the state and what needs to get done to stop this entry into the country. Uh, you know, as Sid pointed out, we have a number of great uh, fundraisers that are coming up uh, where we have, you know, everyone from, from the president to Governor DeSantis and, and others headlining this event to put together the resources we need to get our message out. Hey, Lee, and Lee, I, Lee, Lee stop right there. Again. The, the, the greatest name of all at these events coming up is Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Well, I thought you would say Sid Rosenberg. You well, know? yeah, I'm second to LT. The second, the second best thing. <laughs> right. Listen, I'm, I, am, I am 42. I was born in 1980. I started watching football when I was six. I started watching baseball when I was six. I rolled right into a World Series win and a Super Bowl win. Nice. I got spoiled out of the, out of the gate. And Lawrence Taylor was... He was a beast out there on the field, one of the the very best of the best football players that we'll ever see in the sport. Uh, We have, yeah, at the event that you're coming to on August 24th, we have former Giants, former Mets, Yankees, Rangers. Uh, It's going to be pretty cool. And Rosenberg will be there, too. Yes, I will be there. Damn right. I'll be at two events coming up. I'm very excited about both of them. And. And uh, listen, of course, Bernie and I both love you, Lee. We, you have nobody rooting harder for you than us two. So keep coming back, keep uh, keep up the message. Good luck with Nicole later on today. You are the man to save this state. You're going to win come November, because as you always say, Lee Zeldin, losing is not an option. Yes, sir. No way. We got to get this done. Thanks for having me on. All right, Lee. Thank you very much. There he is, folks, the Republican candidate for governor, the great congressman out of Shirley, Long Island, uh, doing all the right things, doing a terrific job. The great Lee Zeldin right here on Bernie and Sue. When you need a contestant for Beat Bernie, comes up at 940. Your chance at cash and prizes, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bernie and Sid, roll on on a Monday.
on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show. Getting heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. You know what, Sid? I think uh, Lee Zeldin has found his stride. I really do. He sounds uh, comfortable, confident, and uh, ready to kick some Heine. No, I agree with you. And again, talking about some of those events, Wednesday the 24th, he mentioned all the Jet Giant and, and those players, but Donald Trump Jr., Kimberly Guilfoyle, a bunch of uh, Ray Kelly. Ray Kelly is actually going to speak that night along with me and Kimberly and Donald Trump Jr. He's got one with the president, which I'll be at, uh, President Trump, coming up uh, right, after, right, right after Labor Day, uh, right before Labor Day, I should say. Nice. So now he's got the big guns. Ron DeSantis is uh, coming here to do an event, a fundraiser for Lee Zeldin, also in between uh, the last week of August and Labor Day. So he's got three or four huge fundraisers coming up. He's got the biggest names in the Republican Party. Again, Trump, DeSantis, the kids, all these folks. He's got locals. He's got guys like Ray Kelly and athletes. And he is hitting his stride. And, you know, again, whether it's Donald Trump trying to get back to the White House or Lee trying to get to Albany, these Democrat politicians are making their job easier every day. Every day, people yep, like Joe yep. Biden, Kathy Hochul and Eric Adams make Trump and Zeldin's job even easier. Just the sheer incompetence, the buffoonery of, uh, of uh, both aforementioned politicians and many others. Biden and Hochul being the, the perfect example, exhibits A and B. And uh, speaking of which, uh, uh, Sarah Palin is, uh, you know, the primary is tomorrow in Alaska. And uh, what do you think? You think she wins? Or you yes. Think she, uh, yeah. Yeah, easily. Uh, hands you know, down, right? Yeah, hands down. Yeah, yeah. In fact, okay, good. maybe we'll get her on Wednesday or Thursday after she does win. But, you know, she's going to win. She had uh, somebody do some nasty stuff to her last week. I don't know if you know this, but somebody put some pornography up on her uh, <laughs> when she was doing something, some Zoom or something. I didn't read the whole story, but, you know, she continues uh, to get knocked down, as she did when she was John McCain's choice for vice president. But she doesn't care. She keeps coming back stronger. Trump loves her. We know that. They were together two weeks ago in Alaska. Yeah. So she's going to win and win big tomorrow and uh, make her way towards Washington, D.C. I like what I hear. I mean, that's what we need, more Sarah Palin's in Congress, uh, the Boberts, the Greens, and uh, the rest of these, uh, you know, these fighters. We need fighters. We don't need these timid rhinos. We need fighters down in Washington, D.C., in the House and the Senate. And uh, listen, back to uh, some local uh, politics. Uh, just over the weekend, Eric, Eric Adams, he made a statement. Over the weekend, he was in front of the cameras, and he decided once again to attack Governor Abbott, cut 23. Why has he targeted New York City? Uh, we have done nothing to Texas. Why has he turned this into a political statement instead of a personal statement with people who are seeking assistance? What? It doesn't even make sense. It doesn't even make any damn sense what he just said. 
Why is he making a political statement as opposed to a per- personal statement? What the hell does that mean? Uh, look, he's uh, obviously uh, Governor Abbott doing the right thing because he's got these people squealing like stuck pigs. Uh, none other than David Patterson said this on Katz's morning roundtable yesterday at 8 o'clock on 77 WABC. David Patterson on Governor Abbott, cut 32, please, Lou. The governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, has come up with, I think, is one of the most brilliant political strategies I've heard in a long time. Now, I'm a Democrat, and there are a lot of things I don't like about what he's really doing. However, sometimes you have to tip your cap to your opponent. And in this case, his sending hundreds of aliens who come into the country by bus to New York City, which is a sanctuary city, has really paid dividends to him politically. In addition, it put New York's mayor, Eric Adams, in the position where he can't say he won't accept the immigrants, because that would be going against what has been the policy most Democrats have about immigration in the first place. But also, if he sends the immigrants back to Texas, he is, in a sense, going against his own attempt to get the federal government to help pay for the fact that they're here. So I don't think that Mayor Adams is being hurt in this process at all, but I think nationally it's an amazing way to focus people on the whole um, immigration process. Yeah, I happen to think he's being hurt somewhat by by all these uh, illegals coming up. Just the fact that he says, I don't want them here, Right. That, that goes contrary yep. to uh, yep. what he said in the past. Well, that, uh, to his beliefs, actually, but for what it's worth for a Democrat to say, even part of what David Patterson said has gotten John Katz and Matidis, WABC, Katz at Night, in the New York Post, all over Fox uh, Business this morning with Maria Bartiromo, and all over Fox News this morning. So congratulations to John Katz and Matidis and Governor Patterson for making big, big news right here on WABC on a Sunday morning. As often they do, all the heavy hitters on uh, Mr. Katz's show on Sunday mornings and on Katz at night, Dr. Mark Siegel, this uh, polio stuff, is uh, directly related to uh, the the, uh, open border. I mean, so anyway, yes, uh, congrats to Mr. Katz. Oh, my God! Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Oh, that was brilliant right there. Mike Francesa, oh, my God, before Beat Bernie. Brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Today's contestant is out of Port Jeff. I like it there. He's a retired NYPD sergeant. It's amazing how many cops and former cops listen and love this show. I get stopped in the street every day. His name is Thomas. Tom, good morning. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for uh, for your service. How long have you been retired? I retired right after the riots in 2020. Was that the reason why? Was that the one the riots? No, just, I had no. 22 and a half years on. Gotcha. I had enough. So what do you do now? Just fishing, or what do you do? Uh, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu, enjoying my freedom. Nice. I work here and there. What you like the uh, you watch the Mets every night, or you Yankee fan? Uh Yankees. We're not doing that great right now, but hopefully. Get a little fire set on them, see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, the good news is they got up such an amazing start that no one's going to catch them. That's a horrible division. But um, yeah. against teams like Houston and these other clubs, doesn't look very good right now. But, again, it's only August. Well, Tom, good luck to you. Here is our question number one. Who was the first United States president to have been divorced? Divorced, was it A, Dwight D. Eisenhower, B, Ronald Reagan, or C, James K. Polk? Reagan. That's right. 
That's right. Before Nancy came along. Oh, I love this place. I was there many, many, many times. Uh, look at question number two. Built, I uh, used to live right down the block. Built as a New York City home early in the century, it later became a tavern where George Washington said farewell to his officers. And Thomas Jefferson was there, too, being that you're Tom from Port Jeff. What place? Francis, Francis Tavern. That's right. Francis Tavern, right there by, uh, I used to live on uh, Hanover Square, right there. Silent Night. I enjoyed a cold beer that once. Oh, you did? Okay, it's a great place. They have a nice little museum upstairs. It's really great. Actually, there was an explosion there, too. The guy that that uh, they invited to sit on a float at the Puerto Rican Day Parade years ago set off a bomb in that place and killed a local cop. It was terrible. That was uh, Meredith uh, Viverito who wanted to do that, I guess. Whatever the hell name was. Silent Night, written by what three-named woman is a Christmas suspense novel? What's the lady's name? I I don't know. Pass. Wrong. You're too late. You remember her and her daughter, right, Lewis? I do indeed. Mary Higgins Hello. Clark. Oh, that's yes. the one. And what was her daughter's name? She was cute. Carol. Very good. What is the nickname of the deeply religious area of the South and Midwest United States? Bible Belt. Yep, that's exactly right. Playing well. Uh, number five from 1965 to 1968. What two siblings served in the United States Senate at the same exact time? Uh, Ted Kennedy and Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Look at you. That is an excellent job. Four out of five. Played really well, Tom. Putting all the pressure on Bernie. We call it beat Bernie because it's so difficult to do. And Bernie has gone five for five on many an occasion, and he must do it again today. To win today's game. So there it is. A lot of pressure, Burn. You got to go five for five to win. I don't like this. I know. I know. But I'll, I'll deal with it, though. You'll deal with it. And my prediction is you're going to get five out of five. But we'll see. Who was the first even, United States? Even, more pressure, I know. More pressure. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Who was the that's first okay. United States president to have been divorced? Was it A, Dwight D. Eisenhower, B, Ronald Reagan, or C, James K. Polk? Uh, I would have to go with, um, I'd have to go with, uh, Eisenhower. Wow, you're not going to win. No, it was Reagan before Nancy. He got divorced. Wow. You know, well, of course, Eisenhower had the, uh, infamous affair, and I thought maybe. All right. But I was wrong. I All right, if you get the next. It doesn't, ma- doesn't no, matter. No, it doesn't matter. If you get the next four right, you play to a tie today. If you slip up on any of these four, then Tom and Port Jeff will win today's game. Built as a time New- somebody else won. <laughs> yeah, I know. You've been red hot, man. Built, you like the Mets, Bernie. Built as a New York City home yeah. early in the century. It later became a tavern, as you know, I've been too many times, Bernie, where George Washington said farewell to his officers. That would be Francis Tavern. Very good. Silent Night, written by what three-named woman is a Christmas suspense novel? Silent Night. It would be, uh, I'll tell you who it was. Yeah. It was, um, it, no, take it easy. It was. Uh, Come on. Running out of time. Sorry. It was our friend. Yeah, you exactly. You met her and her daughter yeah. was on Amos, weren't they? Weren't right, they both? Right. What the hell? Her what name the, is uh, Mary Higgins Clark. Mary Higgins Clark. Well, yeah. Can you All believe right. that? Yeah, you know, I know you know. Totally, that's blank. That's totally blanking out. Yeah. Uh, number four, what is the nickname of the deeply religious area of the South and Midwest United States? 
the Bible Belt. Correct. From 1965 to 1968, what two siblings served in the United States Senate at the same time? The years again, quickly? 65 to 68. Two siblings? Yeah. Same well, time. It wasn't the Kennedy. It wasn't the Kennedys. Uh, I would have to go with... Um, I'd have to go with... Who am I going to go with? I would have to go with, uh, I don't know, the Rockefeller. No, Brown, you actually you had it right the first time. It was, in fact, the Kennedys, Robert and Ted. Uh, yeah, you know what? It makes sense now. Yep. All right, final uh, score uh, today, 4-2. Uh, to two. Thomas in Port Jefferson, a retired NYPD sergeant, played really, really well today and got himself cash, prizes, and most importantly, a win over Bernard. Bernie, say hello to Thomas. Thomas, congratulations, man. Job well done. Thank you. I, I beat you in my car all the time, but uh, it, it feels good to beat you for real. I love you guys. Though. I listen every morning. Well, we love you, Thomas. We, we thank you for your service. And uh, so it must be frustrating when you're listening. And you're like, oh, he's, uh, you know, he's knocking out of the park these easy questions that I could easily have handled. And uh, now you got your comeuppance. I got my comeuppance, I should say. I can't believe you didn't get the Kennedys, though. Uh, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be a tie. Well, you heard me. Uh, I just screwed it all up. I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking John and Robert, and I never thought of Ted. How stupid. How freaking stupid. But, yeah, t- uh, Robert, of course, senator from New York. Ted, senator from Massachusetts. I know all these things, but I didn't put two and two together, and I lost the contest. Hey, it was good competition, buddy. Good competition. The best. Good competition, and I love your humility as well, uh, Tom. Listen, you're a great guy. By the way, Port Jefferson, a beautiful place out there. You're loving life out there in Port Jeff? Oh, it's great. Can't, no complaints. I don't got to drive yeah, 60 I'll... miles to work every day. I, I drive five minutes everywhere I got to go. Oh, so you're a law enforcement right there in Port Jeff? No, I was a, I was a city sergeant. And I used to commute from here to there every day. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, which is not a bad deal. Not a bad deal whatsoever. All right. Listen, Tom, uh, we appreciate it once more. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. And uh, you know what? Call back. I got to do this. I need a rematch with you. And then maybe we can get uh, to uh, Is there, a, a like, rematch. The parameters that I have to wait a month or a year? What do I have to do? No, nah, not that I uh, know of. No, I don't think so. I think you should call back tomorrow. The guy asked me on the phone if I ever played before. So, what am I going to tell oh, him next did. time? Yeah, you know what? Uh, you may you are law enforcement, but uh, come on, you guys, uh, you know, you screw around a little bit sometimes. So just lie. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Tom. You know the deal. Listen, right, whatever. We'll see. We'll see. If they do say I'm that to you, Steve. This time. Steve uh, yes, indeed, Steve from. Uh, Oh, I don't know, Comac or something like that. Yeah. All right, uh, Tom, listen, thanks, man. Thanks for playing. Thanks for your service, and uh, we'll do it again soon, hopefully. And uh, we're out of time here for this segment, coming back soon with the rest of the Bernie and Sid Show. Keep it where it is, folks. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. We're doing it live! Hey, Bill O'Reilly here, and you are listening to Bernie and Sid. God help you. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're caught in a trap. 
So you mentioned, um, what's, what's my friend in Alaska? Sarah Palin. And uh, tomorrow, of course, is her race. I mean, I told you this, Bernie, but she sent me a text last week, and she said, you got to go see the Elvis movie. And uh, my wife, Danielle, my beautiful wife, Danielle, is a huge Elvis fan. I'm really not. You know, I, I, I like a lot of his songs, but I'm not a huge Elvis fan. She is. And um, I said to Sarah, I said, fine. You know, Sarah was, like, freaking out over it, freaking out over it. So we bought it yesterday, Danielle and I, and we watched it. And I would say the first hour I was bored to death. Uh, I know Tom Hanks did a great job as the colonel. But uh, the first hour, to me, was really boring. When he gets to Vegas and he has that residency, the first ever at the International Hotel, and you really come to find how, how really the colonel screwed him. It was like Don King and Mike Tyson. And then, of course, he eventually died, like he does in real life. And uh, Priscilla, of course, plays a nice little role there, the, the girl who plays her. I thought the last uh, hour was pretty damn good. Uh, first hour, kind of boring. Last hour, really good. Overall, worth the watch for the 25 bucks. But anybody who tells you it's a great movie, I think they're nuts. Okay, what made the last hour good? Was it the performances? Was it yes. the music? Yes. I mean, he, the okay. kid Austin Butler... You talk about having all the Elvis moves down, and I got to tell you, 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 you really, if you never watched Elvis, he was something else. I mean, nobody moved like that. You know, Michael Jackson went out to become a great dancer, obviously, but this kid, Austin Butler, I mean, down every move, when they, if you, like, in other words, run video of Elvis and Butler side by side, you wouldn't know the difference. It didn't look like him for the most part for the movie, really didn't. But his moves were incredible. The music was great. And like I said, you really come to see how badly Elvis got screwed. I mean, Elvis died. I think he was worth $5 million. He should have worth about $50 million. But this guy, this colonel that Tom Hanks played, he really screwed him over. The story is the colonel had horrible gambling debts. Horrible. And he owed, like, every casino in Vegas money. So all the deals that he made for Elvis was basically to get him out of his gambling problems. And... If Elvis fired him and died, obviously, the colonel used to just walk around as an old man to all the casinos in Vegas and wasted away his whole fortune. Too bad. Really uh, sad. You know, a performer like him, and uh, I don't know. He was I, – I, I agree. I agree that he was one of the, you know, top top ten performers of all time. Oh, my God, for the sure. dancing, the singing. Every, and listen, he was, uh, there before say, the, he was there before the Beatles and the Stones and all of them. And even still, he had his own. Again, you throw in dancing and singing yep. Yep. at the same time. Amazing. I mean that that you know that's just an yep. exponential level of greatness. Agreed. You know, among people who can do it. Now, before any uh, one did anything, Elvis did it all. We just talked about it. August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven. WABC's George Michael went on the Lord air to give a tribute to Elvis to honor the king of rock and roll on the day of his death. Music Radio 77, WABC, and the Archive present a tribute to Elvis. How about this? With WABC audio and exclusive commentary, a Music Radio online exclusive. Tuesday, go to wabcradio.com slash Elvis and take a listen to the great Elvis Presley. Bernie, great job today. Great, 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 great job. We'll do it again tomorrow. Uh, We'll do it again tomorrow. All the love. And, uh, yeah. 24 hours, let's see, 20 hours from now. Right. We'll kick it off again, bro. All right, I love you, too. Hope you know the Met when we get back on the air tomorrow. Lou Rapino, amazing job. Justin Ellick, you, too. Frankie Diaz with an E. Rocco, uh, Jacqueline Carl, Deb Valentine, everybody. Back again tomorrow morning at 6. Enjoy a Monday in New York City. From all of us to all of you. Peace!
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. 